Welcome to Thursday night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe. I am so glad to be here tonight. It has been a crazy, crazy, hectic week. I can't even tell you. I'm getting ready to, uh, as I mentioned last week, I'm getting ready to go on a trip. I'll be gone for two weeks. We are going to be, during that time, we're going to have Christopher Ryan hosting one of the shows for us. And then we will have a workshop with Sage Cohen. And we have a workshop with our beloved Philip Kent Church um, that we have recorded. We're going to be playing those for one of the weeks. So we've got a lot of good things looking forward to coming up, and and I'm going to get a much-needed break and just unplug from the whole entire world and be out in the middle of the boonies all by myself, and it's going to be so awesome. But I know I'm going to forget something important. I'm not even close to being packed. I'm just leaving in the morning. But I'm so excited to be here, you guys, and I am going to be bringing Jimmy, Word Machinist, on with me, and he's going to hang out for a little bit and co-host with me for a touch um, it was really cool. Um, I, I posted a picture. A lot of you may know how horrible I am at cooking, but I posted a, a picture of my dinner the other night, and Jimmy wrote like this this whole post teaching me <laughs> teaching me how to cook hot dogs step by step. And what was so funny is I actually did every single thing down to soaking the. I, I got like these cheddar dog worst things and soaked them in barbecue stuff overnight um i did everything he said to do up to the point where i closed the lid on the barbecue that's where everything went wrong (laughs) from that point on but it was really cute all right so let's go ahead and get some stuff taken care of real quick and then we'll be getting to the callers just to let you know if you would like to call in tonight, the number is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965 if you'd like to call in. If you're interested in doing a workshop, shoot me in a message. Probably on Facebook would be the easiest. If you're not on my contact list, it's Nyla, N-Y-L-A, like New York, Los Angeles, Nyla Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A is the last name. Let me know what you want to put together, and we will do that. Your workshops can be anywhere from 30 minutes to three hours long. You can pre-record them on your computer and send me the MP3 file, or we can do a conference call. I can conference call you into the studio and pre-record it that way. Or you can do a live show or a combination of both. So just let me know what you want to do. We'll get that set up. And I want to take a moment and make sure that we thank all of our sponsors. This is so important, especially because so many of you this year stepped up to the plate and really helped get us, uh, you know, helped cover part of the, uh, the sponsorship fees, the, the broadcasting license fees for 2021. And I just want you guys all to know on behalf of the entire community how much we appreciate you. So our 2021 broadcasting year sponsors are Melvin Douglas Johnson, Todd Carter, Vicki Aqua, Sean and Maddie Gullickson, Audrey Michelle, George Wiley, Bart Solarchek, Brad and Darlin Kuhn, Uma Pochapalli, Christy Doherty, Douglas Curry, Eric Sheldman, Gary and Noreen Snyder, Gina Storm, Raymond Bentley, John Kays, Paula Sweet, Timothy Melton, Ronald P. Bremner, Kevin Kraft, Honey Parker, Karen DeWitt, Larry Teal, 
Robert Mickey, Jade Mist, Rose Rosen, Christopher Ryan, Trina Pierce, Dennis Must, and Barbara Cope Wilson. Donations were also made anonymously in the name of Cherry Rose, Ray Neighbors, Charles C.B. Banks, Glenn Steele, Philip Kent Church, Rick Smith II, and King's Cadence. Thank you guys so much on behalf of all of us, seriously. Like I said, I'm very excited. This is in our, our 14th year in October, you guys. The end of October, we will be in our 15th year of broadcasting. Isn't that crazy? I'm very excited about that coming up. All right, get your pens and papers out, your journals, whatever it is you're going to write in. We're going to go through our little mini workshop, Inspiration from the Inkwell, give you some stuff to work on this week. So have your pens and papers ready, and we are going to start off with your writing assignment. All right, so your writing assignment is just something to kind of get your pen going. And what we're working on now is called the free Finish That Thought Writing Prompt. (laughs) That's a mouthful. It's your free writing Finish That Thought Prompt. Maybe that's a better way of putting it. So I always found that, you know, you talk about people free writing, and then they always say, well, I don't know what to write about, and that's that's exactly the point. You're not supposed to have something to write about. You're just supposed to sit down and write. But since that's the excuse I hear the most, I take that away from you. Okay? And I'm giving you something to free write about. This is a really good thing to work on because it makes your brain it makes your brain turn over ideas. It makes your brain think beyond and I'm really pushing that that whole concept this year, but thinking beyond the static, thinking beyond the predictable. Nobody wants to be predictable. I mean, think about that. You're staring into this gorgeous person's eyes and they're looking back at you and they they open their mouth to say these words to you, and, and your heart's fluttering, and they say, oh, you're so predictable. It's like, ouch. Nobody wants to be that, right? So we have to work on our crafts. We have to work on ourselves. We have to work on, on what we want to if we want to grow, if we want to be better writers. So this stuff's important. So your free writing, finish that thought prompt for this week, is going to be, I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'm going to tell you what I want you to do with it first. So when I give you your prompt, what you're going to do with it is write it at the top of a journal page or your notebook page, whatever it is you're writing in. And I want you to write down all the different ways you can think of to finish the thought. So I'm going to start it for you and then just immediately start rolling, going just writing one thing after another, ways you could finish that thought. And Try to push yourself for at least 20. If you only do three, you guys, I'm not going to, well, maybe I can show up and, like, check your homework. You never know. I might just be warned. I have magical wizardry ways about me. I can do things. Um, <laughs> but I'd like you to push yourself for at least 20. You know, and, and you you probably won't get 20, but that's okay. But, but push yourself for that. It would be awesome if you did. But just makes yourself, the more you can push yourself, the more unique concepts and ideas you're going to come up with. So your free writing, finish that thought prompt for this week is, no sooner had I naively thought what could go wrong when, dot, dot, dot. I literally have a dot, dot, dot there. Okay. No sooner had I naively thought, what could go wrong? When blank. So at the top of the page, write it down. 
Think of all the ways you can fill in that blank. And like I, I always kind of give this hint, but a real easy pattern to follow, at least it's easy for me, instead of coming up with a di- idea and then stalling and trying to think of another one and then stalling because you're trying to think of another one. Categorize them. So let, if it's like, okay, I'm going to write down all the ones that, that I can think of from my life. I'm going to write down, and I'm going to make up silly, funny ones, and just one after another after another. When you start to slow down on that one, say, okay, now I'm going to try to think of political ones. And roll, think of all, because your brain will work faster when it feeds off an idea than if it's trying to select something randomly from a bunch of different pools, if that makes sense. Okay. So just kind of a hint to how, me, how to make that really fun. So once again, no sooner had I naively thought what could go wrong when, like, have fun with it. All right, your poetry prompts. Remember, prompts are like seeds planted. They are meant to grow into poems. The, po- the prompts can be the title of your poem. It can be a line in your poem or the general concept of your poem. Other than that, whatever you do with them is up to you. So I want you to number your paper 1 through 12. All right. The first one, Lessons in the Monkey House. Lessons in the Monkey House. Two, The Danger of Poetry. The Danger of Poetry. Three, Temptation is a Dragon. Temptation is a dragon. Four. In a small town graveyard. In a small town graveyard. Five. These mornings of rain. These mornings of rain. Six. Jumping through my shadow. Jumping through my shadow. Seven. What silences us? What silences us? Eight. The room someone else lives in. The room someone else lives in. Nine. A taste for revenge. A taste for revenge. Ten. Garden of the dead. Garden of the dead. Eleven, this is not love. This is not love. And twelve, your final one. Whistlers in the night. Whistlers in the night. And you may notice that some of these kind of have a, a, a bit, they're kind of a bit edgy, but we are coming up on October, spooky month. So I kind of, I've kind of put some of those. Now, they necessarily don't have to be spooky poems, but you could take them in that direction as one of the directions you take them in because, you know, kind of pushing towards that. So you'll have stuff for October. Now, remember, with these prompts, you can write, you could write one poem to each prompt if you wanted to and write 12 poems. You can mix and match them, like take one and seven, three, and jump down and grab ten and use all of those in one poem. Or you can get real froggy and you can write one poem using all 12 prompts in the same poem. All right? So, next, we are going to do your writing exercise. Now, we are doing 
your writing exercise paired up with your poetry prompts because it just makes it easier. And this is something you'll probably want to do with do your writing exercise before you sit down to write to these prompts because it's going to make it a lot of fun if you do. So we are working on your pick apart a prompt writing exercise. And this exercise is meant to highlight that what we do with a prompt before we write to it is far more important than what we do write to it. Once again, that whole concept of getting away from the knee-jerk reactions are brain automatically takes us to those, that imagery that comes to our mind when we hear something that inspires us or, you know, catches our attention. October. You know, you're probably thinking something orange or black right now, okay? So look beyond the obvious. Again, don't be predictable. Don't write a predictable poem. How do you not write a predictable poem? You train your brain, and you only have to do something 21 times for it to become a habit. Did you know that? Human nature doesn't lie. It's a fact. It's science. Okay, so you only have to do something 21 times for it to become a habit. So were you to do this exercise 21 times, when you sit down to write, your brain is going to hear something that inspires it, but you're automatically, you've trained your brain to start rolling rolling out ideas, rolling it around on the tongue, swishing it around, finding what's, what all is in there, picking apart the ingredients, and not going with the typical, my muse hit me with a brick between the eyes and I was just off and writing. No, it didn't. You just grabbed the first knee-jerk reaction and started writing. Push your muse, push your brain, push yourself. It's going to be a lot of fun. Just do it. All right, so anyway... What we're going to be doing is I'm going to, using the 12 prompts I just gave you, and I'll give them to you once again in a moment, but what we're going to be doing is taking those 12 prompts, and what, what I want you to do is to start with the first one, and on a, a clean journal page, I want you to write down the first prompt, which was lessons in the monkey house. <laughs> That's silly. So you'll write that at the top of the page. Then I want you to write, instead of writing a poem to it, I want you to write at least six different ideas for poems or six different poems you could write to that prompt or directions you could take it or things it could stand for. How many ways can you twist Lessons in the Monkey House? How many different poems can you write to that one prompt? And just write them down. Don't write the poem. You don't have to write the poems. Just write down the ideas. You know, I could... I could write a poem about being in the DMV or, uh, you know, sitting in Congress or uh, at my in-laws on Thanksgiving, whatever. You get the idea. Okay? So write down all of those things, and then when you get done with that, go to number two and write down six different poems, ideas you could write to that prompt. Then go to the third, all the way down to number 12, until you've written at least six different ideas for each prompt. And I promise you, I'm still waiting for someone to call in and tell me, but nobody's done it yet, and I want you to notice that. I promise you that if you do this exercise, you will not get through to the end without something grabbing a hold of you, and you'll end up writing a poem from it. It's just the way, it's sci again, it's science, okay? <laughs> it's just the way the brain works. Something is going to grab your attention. 
and I guarantee you it will be very different than what you would have written to it initially had you not done this exercise. Okay, so once again, your 12 prompts for this week are 1. Lessons in the Monkey House 2. The Danger of Poetry 3. Temptation is a Dragon Number 4. In a Small Town Graveyard Number 5. These Mornings of Rain 6. Jumping Through My Shadow 7. What Silences Us 8. The Room Someone Else Lives In 9. A Taste for Revenge 10. Garden of the Dead I love that one 11. This is not love. And 12, Whistlers in the Night. I expect Jimmy to do something with that one, Whistlers in the Night. And there you go. Have fun with them. Remember, we are focusing on reading, reading, reading. If you're not reading more than you are writing, you are doing it backwards. You need input in order to have output. You are what you eat, and that includes your brain. If you are not feeding your, feeding your brain inspirating things, it's not going to inspirate. <laughs> You know, that's probably going to be the quote that I remember for my entire life, and it's just horribly bad English. Okay, anyway, you get the idea. So, the other thing, we have two activities we've also been focusing on. The first one is, is I want to kind of drop the bug in your ear that you should strive to learn one new poetry uh, form, porn, learn some poetry porn, learn one new poetry form every single month. There's so many millions of them out there. Well, even not millions. I don't know. I'll have to look and see. Thousands, I know. Um, but even if you're a free verse writer or, you know, it, it doesn't matter. You know, there's always something. It, it's always good to have a working knowledge of your craft. Even if you're not, you know, even if you don't write a bunch of villanelles, but you end up at a an open mic somewhere. And there's a group of people sitting there, and they start talking about a villanelle. And you have never even heard of a villanelle, and you're standing there trying to bullshit your way through it and look like you know what you're talking about and you know, well, and, and carry on a conversation with them because nobody want, does want, you know, I don't, nobody wants to say, I don't know what you're talking about. So it's important. It's important to know these things. And once you've written one, once you've learned that form, it's always going to be there. At some point in your life, all of a sudden you're going to read something or start writing something, and you're going to say, I'm going to do this. And they're fun. They're like word puzzles. I used to think about them like counting. I had to count syllables. I had to, it was like math until I changed my shift. I shift my thinking and realized that it's not math. It's word puzzles. And when I started thinking of them that way, it made much more sense to me. So every single month, learn one new poetry form. And then the other thing is every single day write a haiku. When you leave the house, when you do whatever, even if you don't leave the house, when you get up, now you don't even have to get dressed. I don't care. You sit around your pajamas all day long. Find something during the day that's worth 17 syllables and jot it down. And I know, like, trust me, I'm crazy busy. Poor Jimmy, I've been talking to him today, and, and he'll send me an, a message, and it's like four days later I get I get to the computer to read it, and he's, you know, it's like, Am I ever around? <laughs> Am I ever here? I, I, I try really hard, you guys. But it's, it's crazy. My life is crazy right now. And, you know, so it just if you can't sit down and find time to write every single day, it's kind of like a writer's discipline. 
you know, if you skip a day writing and then you start feeling, oh, my God, I didn't write today, and then I didn't write tomorrow, and then I didn't write, I've not written anything in a, oh, my gosh, it's been two months and I'm not, I have writer's block, something's wrong with me. No, there's nothing wrong with you. Being a writer does not mean that you have to sit down every single day and write a poem. There's not a time limit on it. Social media, the way life is now, has put a lot of pressure on, on us because it's a microwave world. We want things instantly. Can you imagine sitting there like when we were kids and your stomach, stomach's growling and, and you want that fried chicken so bad that Mama's making and you know she shoes you out the back door and the screen door slams and your tummy's just growling and, oh, my God, it's not ready yet. You know, instead of throwing it in the microwave and it's done in two seconds. How many of you guys have thrown a cup of coffee in the microwave or something and been impatient because it was taking too long? Oh, my God, I have to cook it for a minute, really? You know, that's just the way we are. So slow down in your day. Find something worth 17 syllables. It's that writer's discipline. Write something every single day. You can find 17 syllables. All right. So that's it. That's it. If you happen to miss any of this, it's okay. Once the show is over, we go into the archives, and you can come back and listen to the podcast and start and stop it. Write these down at your leisure. And if you're ever sitting there some night and you don't know what to write about, don't worry about that either. Just click on any of our shows. The first 15 minutes of the show, you will hear your prompts to find something, something to write to. All right. With that said, next thing I'm going to do real quick, we are going to play an audio track. We always start and end every episode with an audio track. And I am going to play this one. And actually, I'm going to bring... I'm going to bring Jimmy on first because I have to have him help me with something. Jimmy, where are you? I don't see Jimmy. Did he go away? Oh, there he is. I see you. Jimmy, are you with me? Oh, yeah. Got me by surprise there. What's going on? (laughs) Hi. So I'm still going through the announcements, but I'm getting ready to play the audio track. And it is by Tammy Hendricks and Lance. But I don't know how to pronounce uh, Lance's last name, and I'm not even going to butcher it, so I need to ask you how to pronounce it. No idea. (laughs) Oh, good. I don't feel so bad now. Well, I mean, he was was Cutter for how long, right? I mean, we didn't didn't even do last names back then. Yeah, it's it's like C-H-E-U-V-R-O-N-T. And I know that I would butcher it horribly, so it's it's Lance Chevron. Yeah, I think I think the key is silent, but that's the best guess that would happen. Chevron. So, but it sounds sexy in French, so that's okay. Well, he's a sexy guy. <laughs> he is. All right, so I'm going to play this track. Tammy's been waiting patiently for me to get this on here, and I had a horrible time playing with all those that file and getting it to work, but I got it on here. So we're going to play this real quick. I'm going to go through, uh, give you some information. We'll get to the open mic part. Jimmy, we'll start with you reading, so have something ready for me, okay? Got it. All right. I'm going to go ahead and mute you for a minute, and I'll come right back and get you, okay? All right. So this is Tammy and Lance. Here you go. I entered the clearing and witnessed sprinkling, illuminations, like I had never seen before, minuscule, dashing about in play, 
Far too bright for my meager conception, my eyes seeped, watching as they painted the sky, striking wonder in my constrained imagination. I sat upon the cool green knowing they were not for me to question, only admire. Heart beating like a drum, I realized I was not alone. My name is Aretha. I am so named in hopes of greatness and goodness by my earthly parents. I have come to learn from you. I am hungry for knowledge. Please, tell me a syrinx. In hours that pass in tribulation, straining between banks, a river ever-seeking seas, over rocks tumbled round, like the bone jars that hold men's minds. This place was mine, in the moment before fair Helios first lifted his shining face. Her voice, longing like a siren's song, borne aloft by the moth wings of her anxious breath. Aretha, she called herself, the root song, played an accompaniment to her confession. But then, in a borrowed breath, she mentioned Syrinx. The music halted. The lyre's strings unwound like poorly told tales. Dryads, silent, breathed deep the motes, and distant thunder shook the edge of the vision. How is it you come with her name? Do you not see how it falls like melancholy from your lips? The moment her name left my lips, I felt it. A break in the atmosphere. Silence unmatched by deaf drums. Then fierce rumbling pierced my ears as if I had shattered the very foundation of this holy place. Sprites that danced above me suddenly went dark. Disappearing into the thickness of the forest, they knew I had summoned heartache. Swiftly, as quick as a breath, he appeared before me speaking in a voice that equaled the power of thundering skies. Startled, unable to rouse speech, for a moment I marveled at his presence, tall as the heavens, legs and hooves of a goat, horns, muscular human torso, penetrating eyes. The legend was true. The music of this place has ceased. Forgive me. I mean no harm. I have come to you with but one mission in mind. To learn of love. I have seen love in motion and it bewilders me. Why one would subject themselves to such an insecurity. Is it real or just a lustful lie? Is it worthy of the agony it causes? I dragged my fingers through the heavy pink blossoms, still wet with morning. They rained around me as her words flushed with need, 
swelled like summer-born clouds into the still air. In my breast, the great drum had stilled, calling all green life to a pause, a moment between things, a pregnant pause while the conflict, burning regret kindled with madness, leapt to life after so much time. Worth the agony? Does one ask such a thing of breath, of rain, of the very sun that warms and burns in equal measure? What rapture can compare with that ascension? Where the heart, before tamed, strips its shackles and leaps, like a wild thing plunging through gardens gone mad, and in awe at even its own beating. I took him in completely. His rhetoric mirrored his expressions. Weathered and skilled, it became obvious he knew of what he spoke. Unexpectedly, I saw a lover, a poet, a believer, the true meaning of loss. I also saw need, one in him to tell the story perhaps even come to terms with her. Breath does not leave you laying alone at night wondering where your lover is, nor does the rains ask of you more than you are willing to offer. Even Helios rises and mourns each day without expectation. Tell me of your heart beating, of moments rising, what was it like? What were you feeling, seeing, knowing? Were you not afraid? Did, did she catch you? How does one seek for that which shines in each droplet that slips from a flower's grasp? The shadows lie darkest at the root of the candle that burns, strong, clear in that darkness her voice haunting like spirits laying about the water's edge but no song born of my elder throat no verse no plea no threat to fell the sun coaxes anything but that soft murmur dancing in the worlds of my dreams catch me nymph you ask as if i had a heart to flee that the garnet beast in the ivory cage that is my breast would allow this stricken fawn to fly, free from this labyrinth of his madness. But seething in my sorrow, no, rooted like deep ash, reaching for the sky, I stay that perhaps she strays this way, wearing some other form. As his throat roared with age, remorse, so did his heart, and I was awestruck, somehow more for having witnessed a God professing his love and weight, his resolve, his frailty. It begged me to consider a need, one so powerful it defies explanation, does not question nor requires itself. It only asks to be a part of. My eyes bled salted tears of wonder. My mind opened 
and I caught simplicity. And in the simplest, love is encompassing, an essential that can level mountains, vanquish the very moon from the heavens, and humble deities. It can leave you without or deliver you from the chasm. It gives air to possibilities, strikes down opportunity, and gives birth to hope. But it is also this place, the nymphs, pink blossoms, droplets that slip from a flower's grasp, and his devotion to it all. He is not only a lover, a poet, and a believer. He is a father. I found the meaning of love. Labyrinth of madness, enchanting. I exhaled with acceptance and made one final query. You are powerful, a force upon this land. I have no illusions that you would not kill to keep this place sacred. How is it you are most gentle? Something in her invocation of my godhood broke the already weakened amphorae, filling the oubliettes, the hollows of my loss. Magic, green and savage, rose and fell down deep into the rich black loam and tapped into the font of all things. It swelled within me, Blood surged like storm clouds into my curled horns, rose between my crooked legs, and with hourglass eyes I fixed her in that crystalline moment. From my honey-tipped tongue dripped incantations, older still than the dream that begat us all. And from my breast I lifted that curved flute to my carnal lips, the song, the tune, the vibrant haunted melancholy dirge that floated wide, had one purpose, one single aim, to pull sweet Syrinx's shade from the pipes and give it residence within the vessel that stared at me still in curious wonder. An unfamiliar language poured from his lips, yet it was somehow conversant and called out to my very existence. Then, without speech, he answered my question when he put the pan pipe to his lips. Love, sweet love is his strength. It conquers him, delivers him. The notes rushed through me like a tornado swirling about within. They caught me, romanced me. I stood there captivated, swaying to and fro. Animated, I began to swing my arms delicately before him, as though I were conducting his playing. A feeling of inner peace and passion overcame me. My breath swelled with delight. I felt light as air. Then I saw the magic in his eyes as they glistened with purpose. The air around me became spirited. Suddenly, I lifted. 
His song raised me to dance amidst the fairies. Riding the gentle breeze, I was euphoric, feeling whole, giddy with excitement, divine. I was unafraid. I was free. She danced. She writhed. The very fabric of the air gave way to molten magic. And something lost, stolen from this world, once again held sway. The dream burst forth in scarlet bloom. Sweet nectar dripping into what was once lifeless dust erupted into verdant life. The tune carried on, though my breath was stolen, taken by her very proximity. I plucked my heart, glistening from its bone sarcophagus, giving it up as an offering on the altar of her rebirth. She shimmered like summer lightning, spun sunwise in the vortex of her joy. I could not but offer her my waiting hand, pulling her toward the volcano of my hunger, and danced her into the gathering shadows that proved harbingers of evening. And that was it. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Tammy, I'm so glad that I was able to figure out how to get that uploaded, downloaded and uploaded and be was able to play that tonight. You guys did a fantastic job on that. All right. We're going to be getting to you callers in just a moment. But first, I must tell you what to expect and what comes next. If you are on hold, we do take callers in the order that you call in. But I do want to let area code 919, which I think is Granville, and Mama at 216. You guys are not in the lineup. You are not showing that it's okay to unmute you. So 919, Granville, and 216, Mama. If you guys want to come on the air, please press 1, and it will put you in the lineup. I've got you you know, where you were when you called in. So there we go. I got you guys. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So. We do take callers in the order that you call in. Listen for your telephone area code when I bring you on. When I do get you on the air, please make sure that you introduce yourself. It's really important that people know who's reading and that your name is attached to your work. Right now, looking at the lines, you can read two normal poems, two shorter poems, or long, one longer poem. Um, we got quite a bit of a lineup. If things get too much busier, we're going to have to switch that back to just one poem. So. Keep your poems right around the five-minute mark. Be courteous to the people waiting in line behind you. When you are done reading, make sure to give out your your, your URL. You should never be able to say that without stuttering. Your URL. So people can come find you, get to know you better before you come back here and read next week. And then remember, we do have a mature rating. That means you're bound to hear just about anything on here with the exception of hardcore erotica. No bumping body parts, no tabbing into sloppy. Other than that, you're good to go. I'm going to go ahead and give the first three callers so you kind of have a heads up. We have uh, 734, followed by 972, followed by 731. But first, let's go ahead and grab my amazing co-host for the moment. Jimmy, are you with me? I am with you. Jimmy Ray, Word Machinist, in the house, in the booth with Nyla. Very excited about it. 
<laughs> very excited to have you here. I don't know how long you're going to be able to hang out, so when it gets to that time, where are you hiding out in the car again, by the way? Uh, yes. I love you so much. You're so funny. <laughs> a, a great acoustic in there, though. It's my studio. <laughs> so just let me know when it's about time for you to go, so we can. Uh, when it's time for you to go, we'll have you read one more before you before you head out. And uh, yeah, just hang out with me. I'm going to bring the callers on, and I'm going to have them read, and I'm going to let you comment first because people hear me ramble all the time, but they don't get to spend a lot of time with you. So I'll let you comment first when they're done reading, and uh, then I'll jump in at the end, okay? Okay, sounds good. Awesome. So before we do, though, before we bring on our first caller, I would absolutely love to have you read something for us, Jimmy. I would definitely love to read something for you. And, Nyla, I think you know what I'm going to read here. Um, so The real recipe quick, for do, cooking hot dogs? Yeah, and the salsa, too. I'm going to get that <laughs> in tonight at some point. I have to ask, uh, did no. you guys can that salsa? Uh, I just, just to hold it in the fridge, I just put it in a mason jar with a lid. So it, it's going to be gone in a week, so it's not meant for oh. long storage. So is it homemade, though? Yes. See, as bad as I am at burning things and cooking, I am a freaking wizard at canning things. I just got through making some some lime or lemon curd. I made some plum jam. Um, I'm a canning fool. <laughs> I'll, have to send, I'll have to send you guys something. Yes, absolutely. Love it. Okay. All right, so poetry, yeah, so poetry, you, what are you doing? Yeah, you did, um, so you, you know, real, just touching on real quick, uh, the prompts that you do, um, weekly, uh, I I don't normally do them um, because not because they're not great. They are. You come up with some really good ones, and uh, I, I think it's just an awesome tool for all of us, really, at some point or another, to use that. Uh, anything you can get inspiration from, especially when it's coming from within like that. Uh, but I I literally you and me and you have talked. You know how my mind works. I probably have 50 prompts in my head rolling around all the time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I was scrolling around. I was on Facebook and I happened to see a list of of your prompts there, and it just caught my eye. They were really good as as always, and so I just I just immediately was like, you know, what, I'm going to do this. And so what I did was I took all of the prompts and put them into one poem, which, you know, I used to think it was harder to do that than make one poem from one prompt or including one prompt in there, but I'm not sure if it is because you're connecting them, but when you're doing one, you kind of want a continuous theme in the poem around that one prompt. So I did this. It was a lot of fun. I couldn't wait to share it with you. You made me wait four days or so. Uh, but I know. I always feel so bad. You're, I think you're the only one that ever notices that I'm not on the computer very much. You know, and I feel so bad. I come back and, and there's and there's Jimmy waiting patiently. Nyla, um, Nyla. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> so I so I don't know if this is uh, I don't know if this was your last week's prompts. You would probably remember better than me. But um, so this is the list of prompts that started with. The shadow architect kills me. Mm-hmm. So, I, so it was from that list. Uh, I did not title the poem. Uh, I tentatively titled, titled it "Prompted," which is really horrible. 
And so thinking about it now, I think I really love that first prompt, so we'll just call it The Shadow Architect Kills Me. The Shadow Architect Kills Me for the thousandth time. My new silhouette is molded. She is sexy. The hardwood is cold, damp, and unforgiving. Seems I've forgotten the instruction for lighting fire. Caressing the worn-out tread of threadbare pockets, knowing I'll eventually lose my keys and not caring at all. Those white flakes of stars, bleeding from the yoke of heaven, are what haunts me down by day, passively murdering my thoughts. I'll tell now of what remains intact, this husk, shell of my undoing. Words zing out like bullets while outside the rain roars kisses. Could you ever imagine me here? Star of the show, right? (laughs) Hardly. Revered yet evicted with great prejudice from this house of musing. I hide like the meekest lamb behind primeval smiles of silent women, mocking my breast cancer poem knowing I could never really know. The breach between words written is a rambling gamble, race for time. Thank you, wild spirit aloft, for these prompts to fuel my rhyme. End poem. (laughs) I love it. I absolutely love it. I was so tickled. It's like somebody actually did their homework. You get, like, so many cool kudo points. You have no idea. (laughs) Well, I, I, you know, and I wanted to, I, I, I set out to make it a non-rhyming entity, and I did, but I could not resist the urge to rhyme that last one uh, just for the tribute to you for the prompts. So, uh, and then I don't know if you remember, but my, my part in there about the breast cancer poem, I actually, uh, and this is part of, and, and you know, we've known each other a long time, Nyla, so you know that. I never shy away from any subject matter, uh, and I encourage other poets to look. We all have our voice, we have our, our style, you know, we have our strengths. Um, but if there's something that you're not sure about, but you kind of wanted to write about it, just do it. You know, just do it because what's the worst that can happen? And the worst, that was back when can I can I answer that question for you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What's the worst that could happen? So I was sitting in Denny's one night and I was writing and I decided I was going to write a poem about being a serial killer because there was this lady behind me that had one of those laughs and you know the kind of laugh I'm talking about when you're sitting in a restaurant it's like the most horrible fingers on chalk nails on chalkboard grating loud annoying laugh and it's like can you even hear yourself person we all know those laughs right oh yeah and it made me think about, you know, I sat there and said, oh, my God, I'm just going to go eat her eyeballs with a spoon if she does not stop laughing like that. And I thought, wow, <laughs> what more, where, where the hell did that come from? Am I some kind of weird serial killer? And so that's where the prompt came from that I gave myself. I said, I was right, the serial killer. And it started out with this guy, and he's sitting in his front room. And the, the newspaper hits the door, and that's what starts it. it that's what triggered it. And then the clock. And then there's something else that happened. And then something else that happened. And progressively, he, he could feel it building and you could feel it building in the poem. And he knew it was coming. And he knew he wasn't going to be able to stop it. And, and it just happened, right? 
and it was like it was really this twisted, flipping, demented, weird, scary, like I think I need therapy after writing this poem type of poem, right? <laughs> and then that night, or not? No, it wasn't that night. It was a couple nights later, I think. I went to Portland and went to see the Yayas in concert, and I shoved my purse under the seat of the car. And when I got out of the concert, my car had broken into, and my purse was stolen. So out there in the world somewhere is this journal about me talking about wanting to eat someone's eyeballs with a spoon. That's the worst that can happen. <laughs> uh, I can never, never run for president now. <laughs> now, I, I, you know what's even worse than that is, I don't know if this thought crossed your mind, the person who stole stole your purse might have just been, you know, petty thief, whatever. Or maybe there was something more brewing and your poem inspired him to do the worst. And he's oh, out well, there thanks right for that. Well, I mean, I look, went we all to get gas one time and left my, my uh, the, the notebook I would take to open mics. Uh-huh. I left it sitting on the hood of my car. I don't even know why I had it out, but anyway, I had it left it sitting, not the hood, the trunk of my car when I went to, you know, put the gas in, and I drove away, and about six, and I never, I couldn't figure out where it went. I thought I lost it in the house somewhere. I didn't even realize it was like missing, missing. I just couldn't figure out where it went. About six months later, I get an email, and this guy had been searching all over the internet to find me, and had found, I said, did you lose something? It looks like it's important. It's got a bunch of writing in it, but I didn't read any of it. He immediately said, I didn't read any of it. In big letters, in capitals. You know that meant he read every single thing in it, right? Had all my erotica in it, all this weird stuff. And I'm thinking, oh, my God. What else was in there? What all did he read? Right. <laughs> then I had to go to his house and meet him face-to-face so that it's like, you know. It's one thing if you're reading in a bunch of, with a bunch of poets. They expect that shit. But when it's just a normal, yeah. everyday person, <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Okay. So I would say that... Definitely write uh, about anything, but be careful where you leave the writing. So <laughs> yeah. You can agree on that. But, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, it's really nice to think about it. So Midnight Skinner, if I didn't just put myself out there and say, you know, this weird twisted tale of this serial killer and this cop and how are they connected, uh, but it was just because I thought, hey, this would be something to write about or executed about the guy on death row. Or the one I was talking about, my breast cancer poem, I thought, what if I, what if I wrote this? Um, and I know, no writing it, I know that I can't know. That's why that line was in the mm-hmm. uh, poem. But I didn't care. I, I you know, I'm going to write it anyway, and I'll, I might get blasted. I might get. Uh, and I, and it was called "I Am Still Me." That was the title of the poem. "I Am Still Me," and one of my readers back then was in a was with an organization that was was raising money for breast cancer awareness and she shared my poem with them and they liked it enough to where they literally put it on t-shirts. They asked my permission and they put it on t-shirts and I have a couple of them still. And so that's like, wow, you know I mean? That's, but, but on the same side, if, if someone had come up to me, a breast cancer survivor saying that you're a guy, first of all, and this is nothing you can know about. I would have no arguments. So, but but I think as out. being creative people, we're attuned with the world. We see so much more. You know, we we don't think that we're special, but we are. 
we don't think that we're that much different, but we are. Well, it's you know, well, it's a it's a challenge, and and you know, like the executed poem, I thought, okay, I'm going to write this from first person perspective as an inmate on death row awaiting his fate. No way I could know anything what's that, what that's like unless I was in that situation. And I've actually had people, uh, you know, have told me over, over time, because that's one of my recorded ones as well, hey, that sounds exactly like I imagined it would be or, or from that prisoner's, um, you know, viewpoint. And well, you've, you have written I, some really demented shit, so your psyche probably knows exactly what it feels like. Well, I, I imagine what it feels like when I portray that, and if it's if it's not correct, but enough people read it and say, "Wow, that's it, it's painting a picture for me," then I you know that we've mm-hmm. kind of done our job, right? Exactly. Yeah, and you're so good at doing all that. Right. Well, I appreciate it. Now, all right, let's bring these poets on. Let me ask. Let's do that. All right, our first three callers are again seven three four nine seven two and seven three one. Let's go ahead and grab. Seven three four seven three four. You're on the air. Hello, Nyla and Jimmy. This is George Wiley. George, hey, hey George. Sweetie. Hey, great to be here. Sorry about the long, uh, the long duration since last time. I think the last time I was here, you had played a small audio track that I sent in. And then it's been that whatever time that was. But anyway, happy to be here. And wow, a double We're tree. We're happy you're here. Why, thank you. And a double tree here, Evan Jimmy, who uh, who I didn't even know several months ago. And now I see him on Facebook and, and here and everything else. So what a nice uh, combo. Yes. Yeah, you know, if it wasn't. With us, George. You know, Pardon? if it wasn't for Jimmy, this show wouldn't even exist, right? Is that right? Mm-hmm. True story. He was he was the first spark that was the catalyst to us being here right now today, 14 years really? ago. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, I did not know that now. I will tell you Mom, all about uh, it on our anniversary show. So we can blame Jimmy then? <laughs> mm-hmm. We can. <laughs> <laughs> Add it to the list. <laughs> Add it to the list. <laughs> Just kidding. Nylon knows. Kidding. Well, anyway, um, well, after that Lance and uh, Tammy um, duet there, the collab, collab um, I don't, and then Jim's piece, I don't think mine's going to be very brilliant, but I have two of them. And... Our first one is is a little on the uh, old, shall we say, sad side. It's called Don't Ask Me Why. Don't ask me why I can't sing a love song. Can't play the piano with you at my arm. Can't make you a queen or me a king. Can't escort you to exotic places under foreign stars. You chose to be with me. Don't ask me why. You accepted my arms and my kisses, crawled among my blankets and ate my breakfasts, huddled under an archway in the cold rain, laughed when I fell and kissed my bruises, told fibs to your friends so you could be with me. Don't ask me why you made my mornings live and my evenings too short. You were perfection. So when I decided to walk, don't ask me why. 
Well, I must have cried more than you did. Why was I so reticent, so smug, so distracted? You deserve to know, and I failed you, cheated you. There was no other person, no other choice. No fears, no negatives, no reasons. Some angular or misguided decision loomed, and I took it and I walked away. Maybe you were too good, too precious to keep. Maybe I thought I'd somehow wreck you. Maybe I feared I'd lose you. Don't ask me why. Perhaps I was afraid of a great life. So I left you crying in that room those many years ago without a reasonable warning or explanation for your tears. And with almost no more contact with you, I just hiked. Darn it. Damn it. Don't ask me why. In peace. Wow, George. Uh, you know, I first of all, I have to say that, and I'm glad that I'm on here with Nyla tonight, and that you're here because we can actually talk a little. Um, I, I two things about your poetry that really strike me, and and when I say that, I, I mean obviously the written and then your vocalization of it um, is that you have a very uh, conversational tone that works really well with the pieces because generally speaking, the the poems I've read of yours and I've heard, and I've heard you do on the show here, um, you touch on a lot of things that many of us, if not all of us can relate to. Um, and I think it's just this, I think it's just this perfect combination, uh, you know, for your, for your work and how, and how it comes off. Um, in that piece right there, when you talk about, um, um, laugh when I, she would laugh when I fall and kiss my, kiss my boo-boo. That's, I mean, that's, that, that, at least that portion of it is exactly me and Missy. I mean, she will, it doesn't matter how bad it is. It looks like I'm injured. She, I, I, I think I have to get oxygen for her because she's laughing so hard. Forget about my injury. But then afterwards, she's right there to comfort me. And um, and then that said, what a uh, what a real heart rending uh, a piece. Uh, you know, it just um, you you really I, for me, I could really feel it. And uh, George, I'm adding it to my list of another favorite George Wiley poems. Nyla, your thoughts? Ditto. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tarnish that. Are you kidding me? George knows what I think about him. You know, seriously, you guys have been listening to me comment on your poems for 15 years. It's really fun for me to love you guys and admire you and respect you as writers and everything like that as much as I do to be able to have you hear that from somebody else because you call in here and you expect me to be nice. I'm not always nice, but most of the time I'm nice, right? Right. But... Mm-hmm. It's nice it's nice to sit back and hear other people talk about the people I love and for them to get that validation from another person, you know, mm-hmm. that and so yeah, it's cool. I think I'm just gonna let I think I'm just gonna let Jimmy have it tonight until he has to go. <laughs> <laughs> Send money. <laughs> no, um <laughs> the 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 uh this, I appreciate it so much. And I know there's some hyperbole but it's just nice to hear it really is uh the second poem is a different note more seasonal kind of thing called the the irreplaceable signs of autumn 
The swallows swirl up and plan their escape. The geese start their roundups to firm up their plans. The ivy tightens its knuckles on the fence and prepares to shed down and brown up. The fungi wake up in the morning fogs while hibiscus parade their waning blooms. The bees go out hoarding in the crowded blossoms. The morning glare slides back out to a reasonable time while the sunset is reeled back to a post-dinner place. Nature puts its watch back on so that berries and seeds can fall. Butterflies paint their eggs into a chrysalis, and the first red maple leaves dance down a drying sky. Acorns are squirreled away and leaves take on yellows, while voles and moles dig deeper. Light and dark draw back to their equal shares, so the old man, now with his sweater back on, can once again tell time by the sun and its shadows. In peace. Uh, splendid, George. Uh, so, so in this piece here, this is a perfect example of, uh, and I'm a, and I like a lot of poets and, and fans of poetry. I, I like, I'm a fan of art as well, art, you know, both paintings uh, and such, and photography and all that. Uh, this poem to me was an example of how a poem can speak art. And so you've got so much going on here. If you were to see it in a picture, it would be beautiful and it would be glorious and be wonderful. But you're giving us all of the inner workings and you're letting us feel and, and, and just experience what's going on. And, and the way you wrapped it up was just, uh, it was really good. Uh, another, another great one, George. It's okay, kind of like everyone. looking at a beautiful tapestry. But instead of just looking at it, you're able to reach out and touch it and feel the fabric well, of it and feel the weave yeah, of like it and how it's put together. That's what it's like. It's like being able to take mm. a poem and feel the fabric of it when you read. Oh, well, thank you. That's a compliment, too. And even if I pierced my finger with a needle. And anyway, <laughs> that, that joke. Okay, well. Boy, you guys, you're so kind, and it's so much fun to read here, and we glad to be back here and hope I can do this. Um, I was telling, uh, oh, I guess, Jimmy in the t- in the chat room that uh, usually uh, Thursdays anymore have gone to heck on me for a couple other things. But I snuck one in tonight, and I hope to sneak a lot more in because I have so much fun here. Mm, and, we love uh, you so much, and you're such a big part of this family. And, and even when life keeps you away from us, George, you're still here with us. Oh, you know, well, thank you so much. Any, any given day, you can open that door, and you're going to see your place setting at the table and your chair waiting. How nice of you to say that. Okay, uh, George Wiley, I have a Facebook page called George Wiley Writes, which is sort of egocentric title, but I grabbed it in a hurry one day, and then I had to live with it. Um, I have a book out called... Uh, what is it called? Why I re- Why did I remain in the garden? You can get it on Amazon. And I'm in a bunch of uh, quite a few of these. Um, got, well, actually, only a couple, two or three of the call-in shows. I'm in a, a few zooms also, poetry zoom, open mics. And what else? Oh, I guess that's it. <laughs> I don't want to wonder you're such a busy man. 
That is awesome. All right, sweetheart, thank you so much, seriously, for being here tonight. I appreciate you finding the time, and we really hope to see a lot more of you. Well, it's my privilege. Thank you. Take care. Bye, Jimmy. Have a a good night, George. You too. Thanks. Bye. All right, so our next caller is going to come from area code. What's that? Oh, I just said he's great. I just love him. He is. Yep. All right. Let's go ahead and grab 972. 972, you're on the air. It's Anna. Hello, Naya. Hello, Jimmy. It's Anna. Anna! <laughs> hey, All right. That's my replay. Yay. Now, we're going to get this party started. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, Naya, I did my homework. All right. You and did. it took me in a totally different direction than I expected. Because at first, of course, I wanted to go with the howling wolves. But then I thought, no, that's, <laughs> that's expected. So I went a totally different direction. Oh, so, my God. You mean somebody actually listens to me? I love you so much right now. <laughs> I listen to you. I mean, that's the first thing that popped into my head the howling wolves and how they love the moon and all this. And then I thought, no, (laughs) no, I wouldn't like that. (laughs) I probably would like it, but I also like pushing you guys. direction, though, Mm -hmm. because that's the first instinct is to talk about the howling wolves and how much they miss the moon and all this. But So let me read the homework poem. Homework poem. If I didn't love the moon, I'd write about worn-out paths. You walk thin-shouldered and sharp-eyed in the hidden fissures of the city. Where summer skin is leaf-breath to idle chatter and a shadow's indolence. The one sunflower stretches steadfast to the sun and her tilted mouth smiles shoeless at scraggly bees. Her stalk strains to hold her head. It blooms with gurgling shells, and in the thicket sings a squawk. Gnarly trees embrace silence in one accord and lean, lean against the crumbling secrets of old walls in the dent of riverbeds. Do they open to speak when dewdrops catch sunlight? on the tips of their limbs and the form. Anna, you um you have this really wonderful way of so your descriptive terms just pull me in every time. Mm-hmm. And and you did that again here and it's just it's just such a pleasure to hear you read. Uh and this was if I'm not mistaken you said it was for uh, uh one of the one of Nyla's uh assignments. Yeah. I gave her. I gave her. This was specific to her homework because she said that she her common theme in her writing is moons, and that most of her poems talk about the moon. And so her prompt was, um, I don't remember it word for word verbatim, but it was, um, if I didn't write a poem, if I didn't write poems about the, or if I didn't have the moon to write poems about, I'd write poems about blank or something like that. So she kind of well, gave herself her own homework. 
Very good. Um, yeah, really, really well done, Anna. That, that's, uh, you know, and, and your delivery is always so crisp and clean. Uh, it really, uh, you really nailed it again. Thank you, thank you. Are you going to read two, Anna? Yes, I'm going to read another one that was uh, the same, um, coming from the same source of inspiration. So let me get going. Stagnant portent. The parking lot stretches with puddles of stagnant water where crows bathe and call with feathered fists. A woman wears the skin of dark mud brick and the absent eyes of Egyptian tarot cards. Sure steps of the weather who don't flail at the sun as if she walked from time immemorial, a returning soul to a modest valley next to that of the king. The crow's eyes persist through the oil drips under parked cars. They cut empty Coke bottles and candy wrappers, basement prized portents of divinity. Speak in clicking tongues of changing winds and negotiating strides. We follow the throng to the absent leader at the door, whose abandoned gaze gates to a spiderweb's edge, where a moth circles shriveled dark bloom days. End of poem. Very, very nice, Anna. Um, what I like with this one, this particular piece, is you, you've really well contrasted, as I'm listening to it, and of course I can really listen now closely with Nyla, all the distractions are out. And, uh, but what I really loved about this one is you're contrasting. I, I, so I'm, I'm feeling you know, parts of the poem are almost timeless, almost ancient, and then, but then there's that constant reminder of the oil and the cars, and, the, and so that kind of modern with that ancient timelessness, it was just melded together beautifully. Um, really, really good job. Thank you. That's the Walmart parking lot. It has been invaded <laughs> by crows. <laughs> but, but Only see, Anna can write a poem about the, the Walmart parking lot and make it sound like Rumi wrote it. Yeah, right. Okay, that's exactly. Yeah, it is. There's too many of them. But <laughs> anyway, but but Anna, that's but there. But here we go again. There's an example of seeing something that you see daily or or, or how often you see it, and literally seeing more than what you just see, and 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 conveying that and expressing it in the poem. Really, really awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, it's so nice. You guys make such a good thing. <laughs> Not too shabby, are they? <laughs> okay. Well, you guys can find me on Anna Donovan on Facebook, A-N-N-A-D-O-N-O-V-A-N. And uh, thank you, Jimmy, for your wonderful poem you posted today. I loved it. Oh, thank so, you. I appreciate that. I'll be reading it later. Oh, you will? Yes. Oh, my goodness. How wonderful. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, you guys have a wonderful night. You too, Anna. All thank right. you yeah. so much, sweetheart. Okay. Thank Take you. Care. Bye.
she's such a sweetheart. She's yeah. uh, and it's just a, she's a doll. I mean, she she really you know just I mean okay we have so many great poets but it's it, 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 our circle and, and, and that's okay we get it's a wide circle but it's just so many great people and she's such she's just a pleasure to even just chat with here and there. So really she good is. to hear her again. All right, so you want to know who our next caller is? I do. Our next caller is Michael Todd. All right. Michael, are you with us? I am. I am, and I'm very much looking forward to uh, to Jimmy elaborating on ice cream later on this evening. He really got us all excited today. I'll start all right. Now. Thank you. <laughs> we can deal with the rest. Uh, I'm going. I'm going to step out and do something I did in 2008. And uh, Jimmy was talking about all of our acquaintances from back in the MySpace days. Um, I wrote a poem which included all of the women in my circle at that time. All right. And it's one of the in the poem. Yes. Yes. Um it's it's uh it's called Andrea's Quilting Party. That's Andrea Hogney. Uh she used to have a uh a music show on Saturday night called Late Night Dance Party, I believe. And a bunch of us got in that. She was in the first wave of MySpace bloggers, storytellers. And went along before I met some of the poets and I, I merged them. What I like to call the sonic boom of MySpace blogging, but that's another story for another day. Andrea also also called her Drea. I mean, once I misspelled her name, so she got to be Dara for a year. Um, anyway, she's, she's a Rhode Islander, as were uh, Joni and Craig, and they were all uh, all uh, part of Marvin's brood there. Anyway, let me jump into this one. It's, it runs a little long, so. This is called Andrea's Quilting Party. Invitations all delivered, RSVPs received in time for Drea's Quilting Party, this story told in rhyme. The party starts past sundown at precisely seven bells. What this evening holds in store, only time will tell. The social event of the season, that cannot be denied. What happens in Rhode Island? Just between us, I'll confide. Out of her SUV, Laurel struggles with her box. Curtains, shirts, all dated. They've plans for these frocks. On her heels came Donna with Shauna, Jean, and Ellie. Brenda Gale exclaimed, you bought out the entire deli? Donna shook her head said, you can't have the party without food. Caroline allowed it would take a lot to feed this brood. Mary Ann and Gypsy stepped in through the back porch door. They were looking for an ice pick, found one in the drawer. They do still sell it in bags, said Jeannie with a grin. Cheryl said, we've all used milk jugs. That was for when back to life was expensive when bought on a larger scale. Mary Ellen said, pass the dagger, and soon it was raining hay. Meanwhile, out in the back, Brady and Jones set chairs and rows that children stood from the meeting house. Heaven knows how she took that off. If they'd known the destination, might be a bit of a shock to the entire congregation. But really, 
what could happen out of the line bring forth guilt. After all, they were only here to design and build a quilt. Bill Jean was over the move every time that doorbell would ring. Lane was making note of all the good folks in the room. Stephanie Joy came bounding in with her goods from a package store. Asked Danielle to go out back with her if she had a good bit more of what you might call spirit. And she said that with a smile. Ronald Lee stayed far the hall. You must plan on staying for a while. Joy said that was not the case. She was leaving very soon. She had planned a hot date. Winter and dancing under the moon. As Alba and Maria cleared the counter and set up the blender, Patriana peeled Elaine's bananas, for they were about to render a frozen concoction somewhat similar to a tasty food. Morgan had to smile. It's been a while since she never danced. When Karen and Meg made their appearance, they both took note. The place sounded like a carnival. Off of cell phones, took a vote. Colleen said, go to vibrate. Then he said, only text. Jackie said she'd just turn hers off, leaving Leah quite perplexed. Susie settled the issue. Fifteen minutes left for calls. It would be eight o'clock, and the party was on. Boy said, gotta go, or I'll be late. Back to the quilting effort, as Caroline and Eris weren't quite clear as to how a quilt was made, whereupon Laura produced some shears and said, you take these scissors and cut the material in squares. As she proceeded with the lesson, we caught on the stairs. Valentine said she'd made one. Colleen had been down this road before. Cheryl shook her head in wonder and said it looked like a difficult chore. Meanwhile, out his back, Wall had the music rocking the crowd. Missy and Amanda took turns picking tracks as the music grew loud. Arika said she had some discs in her car if someone liked the blues. Sherry said they had... Heart and Soul by Huey and the Blues. Divine remarks, a little music player, surely had a great sound. Jada said he looked familiar. Thought she'd seen him somewhere around. Sheila said it was brought by Anna, that she'd had it when she came in. Anna heard this and replied, I have the little boom for the weekend. While seemingly unnoticed, Heather and Deborah unfolded a table as Peroska reached in a bag, brought out a deck of cards, prime label. Joy came to the table and heard Black Jack said, he will be none the wiser. It was nine o'clock. They all sat down and Peroska donned her visor. Meanwhile, in the kitchen, a little blender was working overtime. An unlimited supply list of sharing. Lisa said, believe that one's mine. Angel dug in the freezer, packed some OJ frozen in the cartridge sleeve. Lori said to pass it over. She knew exactly what she was to conceive. So the flavor changed, results were the same. Whether it was spoon or straw, Kate said it was just too cold to eat fast. Give it some time to thaw. Jill called out B-17 and followed with an N-21. Linda abruptly yelled, bingo. Now she was really having some fun. Mary shook her head from side to side, and another almost said, Said Mary to Linda, Surely my card is cursed, and yours is being blessed. While at the other table, Colleen had doubled down and hoped to win, only to have Peroxis on the king. As the showing said, House wins again. Cold cuts and cheese were old news as the clock was striking ten. Enter Deb and Angie on a Pizza Hut takeout run they'd been. Charlotte and Lily made room on the dining room table for the Italian spread. Allie kidding to Charlotte, you're all right. I don't care what anybody says. Amidst the challenge and joking, Wall was quick to remind all there. 
please take care of newspaper towels and don't get soft on the squares. About that time, the back door flew open, and Joyce said, must depart. Then she spied the pizza, knew she missed dinner, didn't have the heart to diss her hostess, Straya, so she joined in with the group of the Seriously, when you get down to it, they and then would have been a mistake. Melody and Mary entered the room with cold-cutting sodas and leisurely strolled. Jane Lee was right behind her, just as sure as she found the remote control. Sports report winding down with whatever team in N.E. takes first place. Next time the weather report with a green forecast is wearing alongside. Oh, my, look at that map, said Mary. The details were unfurled with kind of replied, So look at Mary, our very own weather girl. Colleen asked aloud, is this a nor'easter?' I heard they can be bad. Right, they keep seeing storms like that on Lake Michigan. She looked kind of sad. Meanwhile, on the back lot, Irene and Pam were raking in the change. Funny thing about Blackjack, beginner's luck can be awfully strained. Oh, Tracy and Holly were done for the lack of sufficient funds. It was make or break for the dealer, for often nothing short of stunned. The moment of truth was now at hand, the house showing 11, but the last card was never overturned as they opened up the heavens. Allie and Nancy both looked at Mary. Was sure to finally line them up. He still called out, Oh, my goodness, if she lost her token cup. Cat is scared, never showed. It's in the midst of the panic spree. She popped the CD and boomy. The Lord of the Rings in his mail Camilla giggled at Anna. They were very amused what Cat had done. They both knew everything was bigger in Texas. They'd be second to none. Talk about bad timing. Just as Carrie went to and opened the back door, we could do the same to the front to see if it was an impending storm. which created a draft of major proportions as panic soon was wrought. A plastic tablecloth from the bingo parlor bus bar straw. The flying object whose fate would have it struck the daiquiri blender. As it fell to the floor, Irene dove and caught it, refusing to surrender. As the bankers poured in and the rain poured down, one other melody ensued. Both squares of quilted material scattered, said Chris, the project screwed. Karen looked at Angel and said, what happened to our perfect alibi? Who will believe our story about the quilting party now? It's just cry. As quickly as it started, the store of knowledge cure ran to this place. At the top of the hour, Lisa asked to Joyce, didn't you have a date? Andrea got everyone's attention and reminded them of karaoke at midnight. Some were quite excited at this prospect, while others were quite contrite. As this was going down, Laurel and Heather slipped out in the parking lot and came back into the house. Laurel said, hey, look what I've got. Imagine the looks of the ladies before them stretched out a perfect quilt. Andrea told them all to line up to get a picture to relieve their guilt. As soon as the photos were shot, Lisa fired up the computer printer. All the speed because of souvenir, now everyone was a bonafide winner. There are some things that are just not for the telling, and no doubt the results of karaoke are best left alone, something we can do without. But as for the rest, as I'm telling you, just as Booney told all this to me, never was a night like the this quilting party. I'm sure you will agree. Uh, Mike, for, I, you know, I, I have to tell you first off before I critique the boom, um, you you are you are and have been one of my 
all-time favorites for a long time. Um, you, you have a unique voice, and your master of rhyme is it's just impeccable. And that's not rhyming words. Anyone can rhyme words, but you have the meter down. The meter is there, and, it's, and it has to be that when you're speaking the poems, as you well know, it has to be there for the vocalization as well as the written. And you just have it. You have touches of humor in there that are just like little glints throughout that just really pop. And um, I like how uh, the, the inspiration to combine all of these poets that you knew at the time into this story is just, it's just really cool and a lot of fun uh, to listen to. I also noticed a little bit of internal rhyming in there. Um, just really another fantastic job, Mike. I loved it. Thanks, sir. It was fun Absolutely. to hear for me because, you know, knowing all these girls, and it really amazes me. I don't think people realize how much you pay attention to them. But when you're reading through that, it's like you have everybody's personalities perfect, you know, in a situation where you can actually see them interacting in that way. And so having that inside knowledge of knowing most of those people, it was really fun. Well, thanks. Glad you're you're welcome. Up. I did. Very much so. Okay. Well, that was 1,700 syllables. I've taken up far too much of your time, so I'm going to step right now and y'all have a lovely rest of the show. All right, Michael. Love you Thanks, Mike. You have a good night. You too, sir. Find him on Facebook under Michael Todd. All right. Our next caller, 619, and that is James. He's fairly new to the show. He's Anna's poetry godfather. James, are you with us? Yes, I am. How are you doing, sweetheart? It's like being... I'm doing much better. I'm not bleary-minded the way I was before, <laughs> so I feel better. And, um, yeah, it's like being with a family. It's so awesome. It's, um, yeah, I like this group a lot, especially Jimmy. I asked to be – Jimmy's poem just – plus what he said afterward about um, not – Censoring the topics, you know, in your brain, just go with mm-hmm. it, you know. We were talking about serial killers, and um, yeah. So I wrote. It was a real you know, creepy a poem. I'm telling you, seriously creepy poem. <laughs> no, that's cool. Um, I explore the minds of serial killers in in novel form. I wrote one about Andrei Chikatilo, the '90s Russian. Uh, the red, uh, the red Russian. Um, yeah, I did it because he was a teacher, and I and I was a teacher, and so I wanted to see what his mind was like. And I think Jimmy can <laughs> can identify with that. But I wrote, Absolutely. you know, I wrote a whole novel uh, trying to capture this guy's uh, persona. Anyway. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. 
So my two poems are rather short tonight, and um, I changed one of them because of Jimmy. <laughs> it was, I was going to read one about um, a different topic, and I switched it to death. <laughs> so that's, that's the name of the first one. All right. Death. Red wing blackbird. Excuse me. Start again, Jim. Red wing blackbird falls to earth. Sunlight glistens golden on its oiled feathers. Without death, there is nothing new in this universe. Racing antelope is felled by the lionesses, and one grabs the throat in a gentle vice grip hold. One more heart stops to feed the young, but the rising moon on the plain smiles on the gory feast. Without death, there is nothing new in this universe. Cultures form like bacteria, separate the mind with selfish ideas, religious wars, while complex sciences harness nature for man's greed. And pollution and bombs come to defend the intellectual striving. Without death, there is nothing new in this universe. My cells die off each second, giving way to new thoughts of bigger men with larger hearts and souls that mind their manners. Without death, there is nothing new in this universe. My mind rests in meditation, in sleep, and it seems to die in deep sleep. But it is aroused when a baby is born, crying for the new day, and new, cherished birth is here. Without death, there is nothing new in this universe. I watch my chest stop taking in this earth's angel air, and I slip into a final coma. But the awakened day brings a new, rising planet in some distant galaxy. It will people one day. Without death, there is nothing new in this universe. I look over at the woman. She is naked, alive, her heart in passionate repose. No violence, no hate, just la petite mort after lovemaking and play as old as the dawn. It's God's universal joy. Without death, there is nothing new in this universe. That's it. That's the death one. <laughs> uh, James, you first of all, you have a really good, strong, clear vocal style. I really like it. So your words really come through. Um, and, uh, I mean, hey, as Nyla will tell you, you know, death and, and, and darkness are subjects that I often dabble with in my own poetry. And um, I really like, uh, I love the stark images that your poem conveys there, but this, the, that 
continuous thread of without death, there's nothing new. Really, uh, it, you have it timed well where it comes in uh, without being repetitive, but it but continually strings it uh, together. And uh, really, really dug it, man. Thank you. Welcome, sir. Absolutely agree. You have a second one to read? Yes. This is based on an actual article that I read. It's called, I Have Tears of the Peacock. The Indian Supreme Court Justice Sharma proclaims, peahens get pregnant by swallowing the tears of the male. The males are a brahmachari celibate for life. When I pursue her, I have tears of the peacock, the eyes of the eternal Brahman, a storyteller extraordinaire. She will come to me of her own accord. First, seeing my eyes from a distance, she is transfixed, hypnotized, She comes closer. My story train begins to shake, and I shiver with delight in my celibate heart. That's when she writes her poetry of love to me. It is my turn to be suspended in time. Motion is not a plan. I soon give up. She moves me. I cry. She finally relents, pitying me, and she puts down her peahen pen. She moves toward me, shivering, her mouth open, extending her turquoise neck with the sepia stripe down her forehead, and she swallows the tears of my fictions, dropped by translucent and transcendent drop. She becomes pregnant with awareness. And uh, and, and, and that's what I'm talking about, James. Here we go with inspiration coming from anywhere. And I mean, so that, that is the poem that I can honestly say that I haven't heard anything like it. Uh, love your pause breaks. It, it, and neither you agree with me on this, I believe. Um, it's a good example too of how taking that non-rhyming poetry and putting and vocalizing it, and really illustrating how non-rhyming poetry is not or anything close to prose. And and those timed breaks that, that you had throughout there were perfect. I really liked that one, Jim. Thank you. Yeah, I I kind of wanted to pro- I wanted to prove the Supreme Court justice correct even though he was incorrect in his, you know, biological claim. But he had such, you know, he had such passion behind his, you know, the need for males to be celibate. I thought, well, what if they were, you know, maybe they... (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Great. Good stuff, Jim. I mean, we, we, we poets like to confuse things, I think, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh yeah. To help oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All so, right. Anyway, I'm I am off. 
and I'll listen some more because I feel good. And uh, my uh, my business address is emrypublishing.com, and my Facebook is J.R. Musgrave. Thank you, folks, All right. and uh, All right. have a fun time. Thanks, Jim. Bye. You have a good night. Appreciate it. Thanks, sweetheart. Yeah. Okay. Our next caller comes from area code 832. I know who this is. 832, you're on the air. 832? It is you. What was that? (laughs) Is somebody calling me for collection? I've been trying to reach you regarding your car's extended warranty. Oh, God, not that one, Nyla. Please, I've heard that twice today already. Yeah, that, really? that, one, that, one, that one makes as much sense to me as the one that's talking about my student loan. It's like, yeah, I, I'm 61, way out of line <laughs> as far as like having gone back to school. You're talking to me about some goddamn student loan? I, I mm-hmm. don't think so. Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this would be me, Mr. Soldier Blue-ishness. Um, All right. Here's a... So we got uh, this one. This one is like, well, let's put it this way. I I I I was reading a book called The Highway of Tears, which is talking about uh, the the time frame of when uh, missing and murdered Indigenous women uh, were basically first coming to light in terms of being a a conversation that wasn't uh, hadn't been noticed. Uh, by a great many people before, and I, I finished it yesterday, and I must say it, it in two for, forms. I am glad to have that concrete information, but I'm gonna tell you now. I'm 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 also glad that I that I finished it. It was it was a hard read. It was not an easy thing to go through uh, uh, reading that. And so this kind of this piece here is kind of like an amalgamation of of some of that, but it's a, it's got a lot of other things in it too. All right. Metaphysics, measure distance, anthrocha, fight forward, whitewash resistance of truth, adversarial existence. Do we need existence for survival? To be mindful of this physical plane. To accept the challenge of waking up daily home to the screaming crap of what some say is inevitable to challenge their thoughts of sludge and time conformity with the adversarial concept of space versus time the stolid reminders of red earth that say we refuse to think like you the series of light and shadow, the theories of earthen rains, three bones for the crows, a blackened sacrifice, show what needs to be known, the cool, etched, sketched upon the blank runnels of ashes metal, on gake wetron in the 
ash cast floors, water surge, flooding, geonome disturbance of the watershed, earthen rains. Who can say what you should look like? Who can say who you might be? Tortoise hairs, eyes of a feral shine of coyotes, eyes in stah. Bloody hand, talons made to save lives, nombe. Light and shadows, misgivings of a series of events, everything washed clean in theory by earthen rains. Death to tyrants, skip the syphilitic salute to the flag, make no assumptions. There are many rags of stationary colors, none of them worth a tinker's damn existence. What does it look like? Shh. Look in the mirror. Cold bones for supper tonight. Ooze will be the next sacrifice. Crones groan heavy. Will it be birth tonight? Stretched tails, uneven lies. Earth made fodder of bones is more smooth. Wahi, dead. Dangerous, endangered. What is the fine line of the last maker's tools? Generous creation, a fire built and banked on the quiet side of the abyss. How come there's no screaming yet? Apocalypse, nymphs dressed in scandalous greens, virulent in nature. Wear your tags. Be absolutely sure you are seen by game locators. A button target for the obscure. obscure. You fucktard. When did a game ever need to know your location to function? Diamonds rough. Gold rusty. Your viola patina, an actuary sign for a ready death. Rejoinders form outside the norm. There is none anymore, by the way. Oh, uh, my bad. Bay T.W. Light discomfort. Shadow displays. Mud sodden silk. Spawn. Starbust. Starburst rage, Givagon. No Nova came numbering your numbers up. Liquid profiles, earthen rains, it is a theory. The drowning draw effect, soft nudge of dull explosive sound, existence, resistance, domination. Oh, uh, sorry. Porous seeds of survival. We shall take the last with us. Rainbows, raindars, heat signature, thermal retrograde before the blast. Well, it's been fun anyway. And no, it hasn't. Tools, tricks, trades. Three bones for the crows, series of light and shadows, 
theories of an earth-bound rain, existence, resistance, the comparable distance of Etro. Do we need existence for survival? We are the ghost road born, and we are always walking our way home. In peace. Oh, wow. Uh, soldier, stark, visceral, a lot of hard truths in there, uh, and probably, probably the absolute best usage ever in a poem of the word fucktard. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I mean, and I'm being dead serious because I, you oh. know, kind of like, and I, and I liked your poems last week too, and uh, I've throughout my own you know, writing, um, you know, it's, it doesn't have to be, you don't lace, you don't have to lace the poem with all these expletives, but uh, sometimes for exclamation, sometimes to get that point across, you just do it. It's hard, it's real, and it worked really well here. Uh, and brother, I got. You know, your vocal style is, I love it. Uh, I always have loved it. And I, it, seriously, you could read at an insurance seminar and I'd stick around. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. No, I, I, I mean, I, I'm glad you said that about the, the expletives just because, I mean, I, I mean, I don't use them uh, necessarily often because, I mean, a lot of what I write about is so hardcore. But there are times when the, the emotional impact is totally necessary. It is, and you can't, you literally can't get that same impact without doing it that way. Yeah. I totally, I totally believe that. Nyla? Do you remember when I used to write on MySpace, and I would all, if I used a, a naughty word in one of my poems, I would, like, give it a warning, you know, sorry for the potty word, I'm going to warn you guys now. But, you know, I agree. There's times when, you know, and I remember I was terrified the first time I posted a poem with the word fuck in it. And it's like, oh, my God, everyone's going to hate me because I cussed. <laughs> but sometimes there, you have to, there, there's a emotion attached to that word, and it has to be there. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, Darling Blue, are you going to read two? There um, well, I, I, that was the only one I had uh, really ready. Um, I mean, I could I could fudge one, but I really don't have anything up up on the scope. You don't have to. I won't twist your arm, but you know, you okay. can if you want. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. No, I'll, I'll, okay, uh, you can find me on Facebook. Is looking under uh, uh, you can look under Rafe Wild, and then in parentheses underneath it'll say Soldier Blue, and that that'll find me there. And then I've got a. Uh, a podcast that I'm working on, and I'm going to put some of the more recent works that I've read in the last couple of weeks here. I'll put in, I'm going to put at least two of them up on the on the uh, podcast here in the next couple of days. And the podcast is called Red Earth One, and just like it would be in a sentence, just uh, separate words, and that'll get you there. Perfect. Alrighty, we will talk to you soon, my love. Thank you for calling in tonight. Always uh, a pleasure, man. Being here. Yes, and no, and very much so to be able to talk with you a little bit, Jimmy. All right, got it, man. 
Thanks, and Yes, ma'am. It's funny out of that whole poem, even in the chat room, everyone just uh, uh, that that fucktard made it made its uh, made made its intended impact. I think. All right. Absolutely. Uh, now I got about ten minutes, just so you know. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and grab one more caller, and then we will uh, check and see how you're doing. Okay. All right, so we're going to bring on Brother O. Brother O, are you with us? Yes, I'm in. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you, sweetheart? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Real good. Thank you, sir. And what did you you bring for us tonight, darling? Uh, this this phone it's called Brother Why You Still Listen to Music from the Sixties, Sixties, Seventies, Eighties, Nineties and Early Two Thousands. All right, I like the title. My dear brothers and sisters, for those of you who know me very well, I'm a die hard fan and love of music from the old school now. There may be a few of you out there who may refer to me as a weirdo for listening to the oldies, but this, however, I've been exposed to various genres of music ever since I was little. I enjoy listening to those times classes in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and early 2000s to this day. And that's one thing about me that won't ever change. The music from the old school appeals to me because that thing can either sing along with the song or a groove to those cutting edge beats. The songs back in that powerful messages that you can relate to. That then music from the old school uplifts you and singing spirits on the natural high. And you can create your own dance crazy depending on which decade you were born and raised in. The music from the old school had substance to it. It had originality to it. It had creativity to it. It gave all positive vibes and always put you in a good mood. And it had the authenticity that some of today's music is so exactly. I did, brothers and sisters, you didn't hear people calling each other racial epithets. You didn't hear about women being called female dogs and prostitutes. You didn't hear such explicit this to your two lives two in the early nineties. You didn't hear violence promoted to a gangster rap became popular in the nineties. I really paid play that type of music. When I was growing up, brother sisters, I listened to jazz, pop, rock and roll, soul, gospel, instrumentals, blues. House, bebop, quartet, Motown, Living Blues, old school hip hop and rap, New Jack Swing, and those white brothers glad soul. Every decade had its own unique style of music. Every city created its own unique sound. Every singer had their own unique style of singing. And every other artist put his, his own spin on, on hip hop. The music was old, old school was live, it was party. All night without any drama, have a good time without fighting. There's no absolutely, absolutely no shame in my game. 
I still play and listen to old school music in my ride on my traveling CD player. I would listen to the oldies when something garbage played on the radio any day. Or back here where I live near Chicago, my radio station of choice are either V103 or So106. I swing to my own unique beat because the music I listen to, it's got to have some soul to it. I live and breathe old school music. And some of these young people have been taught about or know what real music is. See, as somebody in their mid-40s, I got to educate them on the old school music is. And the young people can show me how to turn up. But frankly, I don't give a damn you call me on facts. I don't care if you give me strange lists when I'm taking those oldies, the oldies, the goodies in my car. Get an attitude because I don't allow certain types of music to be played on my radio because of the experience that they give off. Or I don't care if you don't flow my sound and vibe. But as long as I, as long as I live and still have breath in my body. I'm still going to listen to the music from the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and early 2000s because that's the beat I swing to, y'all, in porn. That's the beat I swing to, y'all. That's <laughs> uh, a great end. Uh, Brother O, uh, man, you know what? You hit, you hit a real good nerve with me on this one because, like yourself, I'm a big-time music guy uh, from, you know, archiving and exploring all all styles. Uh, personally, I'm, and I'm with you too, I have a real deep fondness for old-time music. I don't care, ragtime, blues, jazz, uh, old soul, uh, swing. And um, I like what you say in the poem, and, and you do this a lot, where it's very timely, very relatable. Um, but it's it's true. You know, there has been maybe something lost in translation. And, and like you said, and I do the same thing. I'll roll with the window down and play those oldies and... You know, they still, they might be old, but they still have the power to make people smile. It's its its amazing. Uh, I really exactly. love the piece, my man. I appreciate it. Exactly. And, uh, and uh, to me about, to me, I mean, every one of my poems that I do is back to the old school tradition of about the, it's about, not about necessarily the song, the beat of the song, it's the message behind it. So right. that that's right. why that's why I write perform poetry the way I do the right the way I write because it has to be original. Because people not people are not gonna you're not gonna last long if you're not original. Well, brother, you are a true original, and I always love listening to you read. I appreciate it. Thank you. You got it. All right, sweetheart. Do me a favor and tell everybody how to find you. Uh, you can find me on Facebook on Old My Brother Old Gavin. Um, I got you know I'm always uh, posting positive things on my page, always promoting poetry in my area and uh, around the nation. I'm still, I'm still, uh, still. Uh, Still celebrating my uh, Overcoming the Year Award for the third year in a row, so I'm feeling good right now, man. Thank you, thanks to everybody for your support every week. I appreciate it. All right, brother. All right. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you, Nava. All righty. 
Looks like we got Mama next. How are you doing on time, sweetheart? Um, yeah, I probably got about four minutes. I got to leave at seven my time, which is almost that time. I got to go pick the boy up from work. So. Okay. Um, well, I appreciate you being here and hanging out. Do you want to read your your last poem before you, it's time to go? Yeah, I'll do. It's a it's a quickie. I just ended off today, and I know you know who this is for, and she knows it too. And uh, but I love her, and uh, she'll never stop being my main inspiration. Despite the darkness and the doom and gloom and the serial killers and the midnight skinners, she's my gal, and I love her. And this one's for her. It's called More Than Ice Cream. I love you more than ice cream and endless summer rain. Do you remember? Give me that hand and that little tiny park first uttering those words. Long car rides taking forever to a near destination. Us in the back seat stealing kisses. Clubhouse dreams, jacuzzi jaunts, anywhere was good enough. Butterfly love, only known in the prologue. When everything is new, nothing is guaranteed. That skinny little pretty thing, I could have been arrested, captured my heart and entraps it still on a daily basis. Ah, but words are just words. True love is time and trenches. You can't put your finger on it, but just knowing is enough. I love you more than endless summer rain. Oh, and ice cream, too. End poem. <laughs> Absolutely love that poem. A little softer side of the machinist for you there. Mm-hmm. You know, one of my favorite pictures of you, too, is the one where you're super, super young, and, and she's wearing, like, this blue bikini and has abs like a bodybuilder, and you look like you're off of Dukes of Hazard or something with your, you know, your funky haircut and your big muscly arms. Yeah, I know the picture. That's, uh, that was uh, taken the first year we met. Um, so she would have been about 16, and I was probably around 20. That's, awesome. That's why I said I could have been arrested. <laughs> it was different, though. You know, the, the, well, we were together. I mean, we were, you know, we and, and we we literally just got to know each other. Uh, I had just come off a really bad breakup, and, and I wasn't looking for anything, and, and we just got to know each other. We just hung out, and uh, we didn't even actually date for close to a year after we met, so... Um, yeah, it was different, and it wasn't, nobody was using anybody, and I got to know her parents, and it was, well, here we are today, so it worked. Yeah, absolutely. All right, sweetheart, thank you for hanging out with me. Thank you for being here. Appreciate it. I know everybody that got to interact with you tonight is just uh, blessed by that, and um, the quail eggs are all you, by the way. That's totally me, yeah. I, um, and I'll, I'll send some to you. Um but Nyla, I, I thank you so much uh, for letting me host with you. It's a real treat for me. Uh, we have such treasures of poets here, and, and being able to talk with them and break the works down is just, um, it's something I really, I'm finding I really love doing. And um, big shout-out to all our buddies in the chat room. You know, it's like Cheers, the old TV show, where everybody knows your name. You know, it might, <laughs> might be a small group, but we're always here. And uh, really, you know, just thankful to be 
be part of the whole thing. Um, if you guys want to hear my poetry, Word Machinist, um, Reverb Nation slash Word Machinist, uh, you can hear all my vocal poems there that I have recorded and that are out. Otherwise, I'm on Facebook, Jimmy Ray Davis. And uh, poets, uh, you know, hit me up. You, you want to collab, you want to advice if I can give it. I mean, not that I'm one to do it, but I'll be always happy to try. And I uh, really love you all, and I love being part of all of this and kind of starting to get back some of that old-time magic. Nyla, <laughs> thanks again. Love you, dear. And uh, we'll do it again. Love you, too. All right, sweetheart. Thank right. you. Hug the family for me. Right. I will. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Let's go ahead and grab 216. Mama. My mama. Yeah, well, why are you let me miss Jimmy? I can't yeah. to go. I'm so sorry. No, because I was on there. I told him to wait. And then you already opened my mic, and then he did his one, and then you let him go. I'm sorry. Am I grounded? Mm. I don't want to read no more now. <laughs> the last time he came on there, I didn't get to get him. All right, hang on, hang on a second. Hang on a second. Mama, hang on a second. Jimmy, are you still there? No, Jimmy's gone. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Are you going to hang up on me? No, I don't want to read nothing. But I want you to read something. I couldn't. I didn't know when he was leaving. Don't make me suffer because he had to go. Mama, you should have told him. I was just one. I was. You said, okay, Mama. Then you told him to read. I was already. You should have left my mic open. Okay. Well, he's gone. All right. I'm gonna read. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Jimmy, are you there? Nope. Tyler. Tyler. Yep. I'm here. All right. Are we on? Yep. Mama. Yeah. I came back just for you. I came back just for you. The boy's going to have to wait. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. I love you, sweetheart. How are you? (laughs) Good. Now, I was really sad because I told you my grandson left and went to California, and he's the only person I had. Then I come on Nyla's show. I was like a little late, and then I was about to miss you, so now I'm happy. Okay. Wait a minute. I'm your daughter. I know. Hey, hey. But and you I have me it's not, split. it's not split hairs here, all right? <laughs> <laughs> and, I don't like, and now I don't have anybody. It's like, what am I, chopped liver? <laughs> okay. No, I was just, I'm not butthurt. Okay, Hi, Mama. Hi, Jimmy. Form. You guys take it over. Thank you. I got this <laughs> form that I, I rarely do, but I don't understand why he was out there. I don't understand as old as he was and as decrepit as he was, why he was standing in front of the abortion clinic. So it goes like this. He stood in front of the clinic alone. A sad sight. This very old, pale man was very, very old. Strange, I know. Maybe he finally found the Lord. Seemed absurd. His sign read, Pray for no more abortions. Maybe he should have stood in front of Planned Parenthood, found only in the hood. I wondered 
who controlled his control. Or maybe he needed another sign to hold. Or maybe he needed two more signs. Or maybe he should be standing in front of the foster parent office. Or maybe he should stand in front of the White House professing, I'm vexed. Maybe he was standing alone, old, repenting, Caucasian man who could barely walk, held a sign up that read, pray for no more abortions. His sign left me feeling perplexed, like there was much to be desired. Question, was he getting paid? His sign needed some add-ons. The add-ons were in my trunk, in the trunk of my car. So I zoomed around the block and parked. Outraged, threw my signs out, and I joined him. My sign said, pray for injustice and racism. Pray for no more pirating of body parts. Pray that no more child is abused. Pray for the mistreated child here, there, or anywhere. Pray for the child that is already born and in foster care without care. Or pray, or let's just pray for the people that don't care to stand up and be brave. Or let's pray for the people that don't say anything, those who will not make a difference before they have one put in the grave. And let's pray for the children that are already here but don't get to eat. And let's pray for the psychopaths shoot children in the head. And let's pray that they don't win. Killers now repenting in the end, wanting to get into heaven because they stand in front of an abortion clinic with no uterus, but with a sign saying, pray for no more abortions in peace. Oh, Mama. You know, I cannot, first of all, I just want to ask, can I reach through the phone and hug you right now? Yes. Because you are beautiful. And I, first, that piece, and me and my, Nyla talked about it, where, and I used to do that all the time where I would do a lot of uh, homes uh, that, that targeted social issues, but not talking about the issue as much as opening eyes to the real issue behind what some folks think is the issue. And I just right. I love what you presented here. I love what you presented, and it's so true. There are so many short-sighted people that think, hey, I, go, I heard this or I read this, and I'm going to go stand in front of this clinic, or I'm going to go stand <laughs> here, and I'm going to hold this sign up. And, I'm gonna, and you know what? That, that means nothing, but, but they think. It does because it's that short-sightedness, and your poem just really lays it off. I mean, just beautifully lays it out there. I love it. I, I'm so glad that I came back on to listen to you. And my heart is full, <laughs> and I love your comments. Thank you, Nyla. Thank you, Jimmy. That was beautiful. Thank you so much for always getting me. <laughs> <laughs> love you, sweetheart. <laughs> Thank you. Talk to you later. I love you too, Mama. Your daughter loves you. I know you do, but never mind. I'm happy now. Don't spoil Don't, don't okay. mess this up. <laughs> All right, Jimmy, am, thank you for jumping back so on. Happy. Go get your kid, man. All right, yeah. you got it, Nyla. Take care. I love you. 
<laughs> love you too. Okay. Love you. Hey, Mama, you okay. want to read another one, sweetheart? Yeah, I just want to let Jimmy go because my heart is full now. One, oh, seven, two, four, four. Let me get back into my, uh, my, uh, here it goes. Okay, oh, I already did that one. Okay, so I'm going to do, um, uh, Paul on Stumbar. That's the name of the poem. He knew my granny. He knew his poetry. She knew Paul. He knew my granny. She knew his poetry. He knew my mommy. He knew I loved him. He led me so close to the edge of the poetic river and I fell in. When he pulled me out, I knew all the pages by heart. That's how black folks say memory by heart. But poems like Paul was by heart. He came back from the grave. He was with me when they booed me off the stage. But I kept on reciting my page. Six more pages left and I was engaged. They were outraged. My friends showed pure rage. I was just at the best part when out of the kindness of her heart, Wynola Wiley hushed the room. She made the whole high school auditorium sit down and listen as I did my rendition and I resumed. She yelled out, pay attention. That's my friend up there doing her rendition. She was very imposing, two-finger whistling. After that, well, they they were more polite. As not to incite a fight. They listened to my rendition, and I held my head high. I pretended Paul was by my side. We had the victory, Paul and I. Soon, finally, I concluded the dramatic tide of the longest poem in dialect history. And I'm sure it sounded like another language, this long, strange poetry in broken English. It was called The Party. And I exaggerated the finish. Should have been there for I tell you. Everything was rich and fine. And there ain't no use in talking. We just had one scrumptious time. Then. <laughs> I can picture her yelling. <laughs> sit out, sit out, that's my friend up there. We all we oh. all have to have a friend like that that has no filters. You know? Okay. Yeah, because they were boring me off the stage. They didn't want to hear no Paul on somebody. They wanted to hear Temptations and Dramatics, and they didn't want to hear no poetry. <laughs> it was rough being a poet back then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? That would be a great title. That would absolutely be a great title for a new book for you and writing poetry about your life. It was tough being a poet back then. The, we got to get the old, the new, the books that we already got out tonight. But you got a publisher that comes on there. We got to, we got to do something. Really, just like I know. For me, it's just time. I've got everything sitting there. It's already Can sit I, there. We got to get the give it. What's that guy that comes on and say he's a publisher? What's his name in the early part of the show? 
somebody got to just, you know, be ready to get us motivated to move in because it's like it's on the grid. It got to come off the grid, both of us. We got to do it. I, I know. I'm kind of like, yeah, so if you want to utilize somebody, let me know. We'll go in. We'll put, send our stuff to them together. Okay. Okay. Talk to you later. Love you dearly. <laughs> Love you too, Mama. Tell everyone how to find you before you go, hon. Vicky Aqua, Facebook, V-I-C-K-I, last name A-C-Q-U-A-A. Facebook, awesome. Google me, I'm Poetry Soup. And, of course, every Thursday, right here with Nyla. One love. Love One you, love. Mama. Talk to you later. Bye, honey. All right, we're just a little bit into hour three of the show. We have one, we have a few callers left to get through. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give you the next three. I want to say hello to Constantine. I see you in the chat. It always makes me smile when I look up and find you there. I don't know if you're on hold. We do have a Skype caller, so I'm, I'm assuming that's probably you. Maybe. We'll find out when we get there. Our next three callers are, actually, I'll just run down the list real quick. We have 919. Five four zero eight four eight our yeah our mithril weaver and five oh six and um that's where we're at right now. Let's go ahead and grab nine one nine. Nine one nine you're on the air. Yeah. Hello, Nyla. <laughs> hey sweetheart, how are you? Uh, I'm good, Nile. I'm good. Uh, Kimberly, I got the one, and I am gonna open. I am gonna open my key. Okay. Yes, Nile. <laughs> how are you? How are you? I am fine. I'm fine, and all is well. Up Put here, the world on hold. I'm on the radio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, and you know what? I was just about to tell you that. I think I might be coming up soon, you know. And then, boop, there you go, nine one nine. I said. <laughs> Yeah, yep, it is combo. all you. It is all me? Okay. Nyla, this is your 15th anniversary, right? Nope, not yet. Not till next month. Oh, yeah, next month, next month. I was thinking yeah. next week. But but it, it don't matter. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this poem. This, this, I'm going to do Shakespeare for you, Nyla. Shakespeare. Oh, okay. This, this is 137 of Shakespeare. Thou blind fool love, what dost thou to mine eyes that they behold and see not what they see? To know what beauty is, see where it lies, yet what the best is for takes the worst to be. If eyes corrupt by overpartial looks be anchored in the bay, we all men ride. Why of eyes falsehood hast thou forged hooks where to the judgment of my heart is tied. Why should my heart think that a several plot which 
my heart knows a wide world commonplace, and mine eyes seeing this, say this is not. To put fierce truth upon so foul a face in things right, true, my heart and eyes have heed. And to this false plague, it is now transferred. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> that was beautiful. I love Shakespeare so much. Yes, yes. I love it. it you know, I mean, it's, you know, when I read it the first time, and uh, yeah, I had to uh, grammatize it before I started to read it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And after, after I grammatized it, everything was just disappeared. And besides, they, they asked me, they, they look at me astonished after I read it, and I said, then I had to explain to them, dude, Shakespeare is a British citizen. I grew up mm-hmm. in God Save the Queen. <laughs> <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, because you know, I'm 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 from the the island, you know, I'm from St. Kitts, you know, we we got our in, independence from 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 England, and I grew up singing God save God save the Queen, you know, and and now we sing the American anthem. <laughs> that is you know, awesome. But, you know, yeah, 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 it's beautiful. So hey, so are you going to read another one? Mhm. Sure, sure. You know. Since we're talking about love, you, you know what? That Shakespeare there, as I read it, and, and I realized, I don't know if you check out that poem and you realize what that poem actually means. In a nutshell, the poem means love is blind. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what it means. Love is blind. Love blind fool love. Anyway, this, since we're talking about love, let me write a love poem. Let me read a love poem about my first love. Knowledge. I have loved knowledge all my life. I've followed her, courted her, wooed her, loved her from a distance. Up close and personal. Ever the focus of my gaze, I loved or cherished none more. And this morning, as I awakened, opened my eyes, and there she laid. Beside me, my lover. Soundly asleep she lays, and I am comforted. Wisdom stands God at my doors and acknowledges my rising with understanding round and about 
ever present the glory of God. My benefactor and strength of my life. The morning favors me. For there are no strange bedfellows here. As love is in the air, we frolic and play under the auspices of the Almighty God Himself. And there be no higher power. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was powerful. That was incredible, sweetheart. I am so glad you were here and hung on and was able to get on the air and share that tonight. It's always a pleasure. Might as well, my dear. Might as well. And let me let me speak. My let me say, I am Granville John Hedgington. You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram. I have a YouTube too, which I don't haven't acknowledged in the last two years. I apologize. I'm going to change that and put up my stuff. I have a show coming up Sunday in Fayetteville, North Carolina, at the Lyricist Lounge, beginning 7 or 7.30 until about 9 or 10 o'clock. I'm featuring for 45 minutes. If you're in the surrounding area, I would like you to come out. And when you do, if you do come out and acknowledge me, and I'll acknowledge you and tell me, you know, and... And we take a picture, and I'll post you on my, on my, on my, on my pages, YouTube, and all of them. Thank you very much, <laughs> Naila. It's beautiful as always, and I'm so glad you do this, and you're so perfect for it. Oh, I am glad you're part of our family here. Thank you, sweetheart. You did great tonight. Thank you, my dear. Have a blessed week weekend. <laughs> you too. Bye bye. Bye. All right, our next caller comes from area code 540. 540, you're on the air. Hi, my dear Hey, sweetie, how are you? I'm doing fine. You know, I, I heard you talking to um, Mama O, but I think I should be grounded. Well, and all these things are done. <laughs> <laughs> you know... Like clockwork, it's there. <laughs> so what's going on, sweetie? How's your week been? I I just have my birthday on the 14th. <clears throat> December 46, uh, Tuesday. Well, congratulations on your birthday. Thank you. You know, Tom, you know what? It's crazy because time flies. I mean, I was just thinking about when I was a kid, a little child. You know, why just starting out the barbarian, you know. Like Brother O was talking about old school. I I the time I think about the old school shows, Greatest American Hero. I mean. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, I was... I saw a post earlier they were asking, you know, what generation were you? You know, did you grow up eating homemade fried chicken? Did you eat restaurant fried chicken? Or did you do the microwave TV dinner fried chickens? And, and you know, were you A, B, C, or all three? And I was all three. But I still remember my mom, she had this 
this frying pan that stood on four legs and it was square and it sat mm. on the counter and plugged into the wall and that was her frying pan for chicken and I can smell the chicken I could see it cooking and I remember being so hungry I wanted that chicken but she kept sending me out the back door to go play because it wasn't ready yet and I think that you know yeah. it, it makes it's me kind of sad because generations kids now are never going to know that ever again was, you was know that, like I said or a walk like, you know, like the, um, it sounded like a walk. No, know, it wasn't round. It was a, fl- it was a, just a square, a square oh, frying okay, pan. Okay, okay. It was, yeah. Yeah. But did you watch our old school cartoons? Richie Rich? Um, and <laughs> Scooby-Doo was mine. Oh, okay. <laughs> Scooby-Doo, where are you? <laughs> yeah, but I don't remember Richie Rich, but I remember Scooby-Doo. Uh, oh, doll is a dog. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it's seeing Richie Rich remember comic all that. books. It's crazy I remember all that. And that was, I was a little kid. I was a child. Oh, my goodness. 46 now, and I, I was a kid when I was doing that. So it's crazy I can remember Something happened years and years and years, way back in the 80s, mm-hmm. early 70s, you know. Yeah, I mean, late 70s, I mean, because I was four seventy five. So, <laughs> yeah. So what are you going to read for us tonight, my love? Um, I'm going to do a poem. Go people about my birthday, but uh, I'm gonna call this poem "Can You See the Light." It's a freestyle poem, so bear with me. <laughs> All right, Lil Larry, you doing everything that's necessary to be a man. You're a little boy trying to find yourself. You are that little boy. Remember everything that Grandma used to tell you? How you were going to be something great one day, someday, and Grandpa. Remember those days. You were going to school in Detroit. You are a product of Washington, D.C., little Larry. Tell him, Mama, can you see the light? Can you see the light? When the light is so bright and so awake and not mistaken, this is your day and age, a day and a time where you have come to many challenges before. Never ignore the situations of a plus or it could be a minus. These are the situations that you learn each day. Can you see the light? Growing and growing as a man. Doing the best that you can. Graduating from high school. Little Larry, you have done a whole lot. Little Larry, you want to know Can anybody see the light? Can anybody see the light in you? 
flashy, not damaged, just a challenge, hoping that you have the advantage that you are blessed. Now you become older now. Now your birthday was just a couple of days ago. You used to be Leo Larry. Oh, you used to watch those Thunder the Barbarian, Mr. T, Scooby-Doo. You used to watch Smurfs, all those shows. Little Larry, you have grown into an older man, a wiser man, better man, learning yourself. Been more challenging in these days of these views. The news have changed from the heartache and pain, from what you've been blessed with. Yeah, you've been called many things, retarded. You've been called that you'll be never any good, that you're just inadequate. Go ahead, quit, Larry. Quit, quit, stop trying to be something great, but you never let that light turn off. You say to Mama, can you see the light? Can you see the light? Can you see the light? Because no word can harm me. Can you see the light? Because I have the power within myself. Can you see the light? Because I fought against all odds. Can you see the light? the greatest in my spirit. Can you see the light? I was that little boy. Can you see the light? The love that I have to enjoy. Can you see the light? The power of the fist. Can you see the light? The black historian in me. Can you see the light? I've learned so much in the incredible, beautiful things about my life. And I had a birthday. And little Larry, you're now me. We are one. And we should see this light together forever. This automatic, charismatic, lyrical engine. Ten kids in, them all in. Up in dry. That was awesome, Larry. Thank you. Great job on that. I just, I'm now, I'm now I'm picturing you running around in knickers, you know. <laughs> yeah, little Larry. I know little my Larry. mom used to say, "My mom, I'm my mom's a little Larry." No, I miss automatic charismatic when I do my poem, but you know, um, <laughs> but, well, I'm little Larry, little Miss Automatic Charismatic. Um, I, I, I really had to. You know, since I, I, I was a singer, I never thought that I was good enough for some things because, you know, it, I was bullied um, and and just to have that thinking in my mind that, oh, you're not good enough for anything. And then you have to fight those demons and say, that, you know, when people try to drag you down and say, hey, you're, you're never going to be anything. You need to just go ahead and quit. And a lot of times when people do that, um, people commit suicide because they don't like themselves because of what somebody else said. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're living, they're not seeing their light. They're seeing darkness. 
but the light should step out of the darkness. You can't you can't allow yourself to to stay in the dark. You have to have your light come out the dark. But you but you learn so much in the dark that your light continues to shine outside the dark. Yeah. And poems like that are going to help people who are still there find their way out. So yeah. fantastic job, baby. Do me a favor. Oh, Tell are... everybody how they can come find you. Well, you can find Sometimes you can find me um, doing poems right here. I, I, this lady right here is, is, is a great host. Um, just, you know, you welcome everybody with open arms. So I, I um but you can I have a website www.viperempire.wordpress.com. I'm going to uh, do a, a podcast uh, lance called Lyrical Interdrivacy. I would like to maybe interview you, you know, because I I think you're a great person. I love your personality. That's why I support you. I may call you naughty, naughty. Uh, naughty by nice. <laughs> nice to be naughty. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, oh, you find me very separate uh, on Facebook. Come on, Instagram. You know, Miss AC Viper Empire. But, uh, yeah, um, I hope that I can, that poem will inspire somebody. Don't, don't. Get trapped in the dark and be on suicide watch. Yeah. Fantastic read, sweetheart. Appreciate you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah, I'm going to try. Uh, 10 4, I may be on the truck. 10 4, I got a load to bring to you, Nyla. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Larry. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that cracks me up. All right, our next caller comes from area code eight four eight. We have Gregory Schwartz. Hey, honey. Well, that's right. Do you would recognize my number and name? Why? Thank you for such a sweet acknowledgement. <laughs> you you've, been call, you've been calling into the show for 14 years, honey. Yeah, like that is, is yet to be um, something. Uh, that's a misnomer. That, that's not real. You know, but, you you called into our very first show when cool. I was on with Jason. I remember because Jason goes, "I know this voice." That was when as soon as he heard you, "I know this voice." You oh, are you were on our very first sure. show ever. Why? Thank you. Oh, that's great. Why? Because you were influential in figuring out the Internet. So that, yeah, was, I was just getting on the computer, like the first computer thing. <laughs> that makes, if that is any reason. Anyhow, hey, wait, cool, Fort, yes. Well, so be it. Okay, um, and this is weird because it's ten lines. So that could be considered like an odd number, but it's not, and it's not compl- anything. So this is this week's, I can't think, well, that's because the end line is basically a kind of like pop cliche. So that could throw it off. 
10 lines is unacceptable. So it should end up 10, at least 12, 18. Anyhow, here we go. This is just today's, and because of this show, it, you know, I put it together. So for 14 years, you've been more than influential in creative output. So it's awesome. Thus to confront a self-correct. Oh, misedit. We confront a self-correcting stratagem that will challenge this four-way stop sign. One for each unique corner. Headlights closer than they need to be. Anonymously spontaneous break to action. Interconnectivity yield unto the essential causeway. The intuitive citizen will reason its intention of its immediate restlessness. It's an idiot's expectation of human exception. It's a useless impossibility and a mainstream steam and unconditional propellant. Primary gasoline, threatening weather. We follow through the local road of a redeveloped exit ramp, a sophisticated clover leaf. We over-intellectualize, recreating yesterday's highways as we innovate the roads of tomorrow. I'll kind of together. I think that's probably the shortest one I've ever had you read. Well, yeah, because it's not anything. It's not anything yet. yet. And yet it's everything. (laughs) Oh, um, oh, come like, on. That was pretty profound. That was, I'm with you. Yeah, that's why I'm going, I'm humbled to be, you know, always, license plate inscription, windshield algorithm, main street machinery. What else we got kicking around? The mystic bridge, the circuit tunnel. We misconstrued a, we misconstrued a mystic tunnel. Uh, what else? A never, nah, never ending bridge. Eh. I have to write in into, over intellectualizing. That came out uh, spontaneous. Machines perfect the void. Nah. Green infrastructure deal. North eastern polar vortex. A sense of oneness as we share a lonely mile. A couple end lines. A useless impossibility attempting to self-correct this spontaneous stratagem. That's kind of neat. Yeah, I don't know. The immediate surroundings are misconstrued. Got that lot of doubled up stuff. Hey, th- anyhow, that was it. That was today's freaking. It wasn't even that. Yeah, that's a movement. I'll figure it out. It was just a. Oh, well, the campus is open. The students are, uh, there's like in on-campus school classes or something. So in other words, the theater gig, my theater gig, day gig's back. So that's pretty trippy. That's only been going on for three days. So after like a year and a half, we're freaking rusty. We're like, whatever. So it's dizzying. So we were out, yeah, some of it's the same. But it is kind of Thanos-ish, like half the population disappeared and mm-hmm. half the population survived. 
And so we're And the ones that are survived, it's like pod people. You know, everybody's just so different. <laughs> it's really freaking weird. And like I said, we've only been on for three days, you know, less than a week. Yeah. So we're, we're swirling about because, you know, and plus you always want to recreate and innovate. So right now, you know, we're seeing what's still there. So what was the, what was the cliche hook to this? Anyhow, so, yeah, oh, well, we're not really apt to bring a couple hundred people into the theater for, you know, whatever, other than what if someone gets sick. Indoor things are really suspect. So there's a ton of offers coming in, and I'm not in the numbers department at all. Like, so, okay, if we do three shows, the tank, the the venue's not going to close because, you know, it's part of a campus. But you can't do that in that department. You can't be booking shows that aren't, you know, going to break even. That's your department. Our department, you know, is development and promotions, you know, the goofy stuff. So yeah. that's where we're kicking around. And plus, nobody wants to really usher or even be in there. Yeah, I don't want anyone coming into a freaking Breathing. theater. Yeah. There's yeah, no exactly. indoor shows. Swap that. Baby cakes. It's like terrible. Baby cakes, darling. We done? Greg, Good. Yes, I ma'am. I got really in. We got, we got 18 minutes left, and I got five callers, so Ow, I hate to reel you in, but I have before. to reel you in. Yeah, you should cue me in when I first come on and say I have a time limit. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I love talking in. to you. I would never do that, but I'll let no, you know we're, if we we're get busy. No, we're cute that. No, fuck that. You got like five minutes. That'll, we're, used, we're trained for that. That's all, you know. Anyhow, hey, Godspeed. Please be at peace. And take care, everyone. Oh, yeah. Get that fucking vaccine. Yeah, fucking, I am one with Moderna. Moderna is one with me. Oh, I'm going <laughs> to hang out, son. You don't listen to the rest of this show on the phone. All right, baby. Thank you, Gregory. Love you dearly. Great job. Yes, you too. I love you. Thank you. Yes, you are. <laughs> I adore him. Okay, I believe this is Constantine we're bringing on next. Uh, I I believe you're right. I don't know. What do yeah. you think? Hey, sweetheart. It's, I love hearing from you. You know, you're you're kind of like Christmas because you go, you totally go like, totally off grid, and then just out of the blue, you show up like, nah. like you know, this this uh, I'm big around. red ribbon. You, you just kind of got a, a red you just have to kind of squint in the. Yeah, you kind of got to squint in the background room. Sometimes I'm there. <laughs> So how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing all right. You know, I, I was sitting there. I, I came across some um, some some lore. I don't know if you're familiar with the the band ZZ Top or not. I imagine you probably have, though, right? I very much am. I used to dress like a ZZ Top girl in the '80s. Oh really? Yeah. Well, the ZZ Top's from my hometown of Houston, of course. And I wanted to I wanted to clue you in on some some uh, some trivia since, since the passing of Dusty Hill. He's a shorter guy with a beard. Mm-hmm. Anyway. That passed away. Um, the original version of, of, of Tush, a lot of people have no idea what the song was really about whatsoever. And before they, the, it was written in Florida, excuse me, Alabama, I believe. And uh, they took the last verse on it because they used the word damn on it. <laughs> but uh, the original song Tush isn't about, uh, isn't about a woman at all. Actually, in actuality, it was about, um, it's about, 
it, the last hour of a long, long drive and the desire for the city lines and a soft bed. It has nothing to do with the, with the Yiddish word tush whatsoever. Anyway, they, they were, uh, Billy Gibbons was, wasn't hip to Yiddish terms from New York City back in 1975, but uh, <laughs> tush is also their first top 20 hit. Anyway, if I can, and, and it said I, damn. I so like, how dare they say damn? Yeah. I mean, such rebels. There is and then no Elton John comes out with the bitches back, and everything's okay from there. Right. And there's no recorded version anywhere of, of of ZZ Top playing the song with the last verse in it. Anyway, I'd like to do a dedication to you know a tribute or whatever to Dusty Hill by by uh, combining two songs, his Beer Drinkers and Hellraisers, and then followed up with Touch with the last verse of it. I can't find published anywhere. Now I came about it. It's longer short than that, but you said you short on time. So, if I may, I'll just let you hear it. And hey, turn on your speakers, kids. This is one of the rare times I'm going to do something that nobody's heard before. <laughs> that I didn't write. Well, I wrote, you know, the preamble. But anyway, if I may. Do you remember before you do that? Do you remember the very first thing you ever read on my show? Sure, this cowboy hat by Crystal Dew. Yeah. It was. It was. I just wondered if you remembered. Yeah. I remember. Well, okay, go ahead. It's been a while. All right. Feed in. Now, if you see me walking down the line... With my favorite honky-tonk in mind. Well, I'll be here around supper time. With my can of dinner and a bunch of fire. Build beer drinkers and hell raises. That's where I am. And do you want to come with me, baby? Because when the crowd gets loud and the band gets right, steel guitars crying through the night. Yeah, trying to cover up the corner fight. <laughs> But everything's cool, because they just tight. Beer drinkers, nail tip, razors, yeah, that's right. So, baby, don't you want to come with me? It's all a play, boys, don't you see? The joint is jumping like a cat on the hot tin. Lord, I thought the floor was going to give in. Sounding a lot like a house congressional, because we're experimental, Hey, ladies, we're professional. Beer drinkers, hot and hell raisers. Yeah. So, oh, do you want to come with me? My name is Dusty Hill. That's Billy Gibbons. And on the drum, Mr. Frank B. <laughs> and, of course. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've been home, I've been down, you take my word, woman moving round, why he asking for much, mm-hmm, I said, Lord, take me down, tell me looking for some touch. Well, I've been bad, I've been good, Dallas, Texas, Hollywood. Mm-hmm. 
ain't asking for much. Mm-hmm. I said, Lord, take me downtown. I'm just looking for that touch. Well, take me back, way back home. Not by myself, not alone. I ain't asking for much. Mm-hmm. Babe, I'm take me downtown. I'm just looking for some touch. This lonely road I've been on, it's been hard too damn long. I ain't asking for much. I said, Lord, take me downtown. I'm just looking for some touch. That was incredible. I love it when you do that. I love it when you sing. But you know, I'm just I'm just the Constantine groupie anyway. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. But anyway, that's something, something real real abstract. Uh, real, real track, real unknown. But uh, I hope y'all enjoyed that. Of course, yeah. Rest in peace, Dusty. Hill. Rest in peace, Dusty Hill, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. It's, it's kind of scary, for, isn't it, when your when your life starts fading? You know, mm, it's like yeah. I grew up with ZZ Top. Oh yeah, their first gig was in '69 in in Houston, Texas. So that they outdate Sabbath. <laughs> yeah, I know. They've been around a while. So, you know. Yeah. Every, a lot of people don't really realize, especially European people, you know, how big of an influence uh, blues and blues riffs have on rock and roll. But uh, a lot of their, a lot of their, and even Billy Gibbons said, yeah, it's mo- mostly our, the three chords that we play. But, you know, uh, Dusty Hill always bringing in, the, bringing in the, the bass line, you know, really brought home the ZZ Top sound. And if you're not familiar with them, you should really check them out. They're, they're really rock and roll gold and, and changed the way a lot of things were, were seen. And they didn't even, they, they, but they had their first top 20 hit on their fourth album, Fandango, which Touch appears. Touch appears. So hope you all enjoyed that. Very much so. So glad you were able to call in, Constantine. Thank you. Like I said, it's 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 you stay stay away just long enough to to, to like you know make the 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 heart start you know <laughs> and it's like oh okay he's back I can I can breathe now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still have a goal in my professional poetry career to to do a piece that. That 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 Nyla says, oh no, that's sh- that, that that was just shit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> now there's a goal in life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I, I I guess I should try harder. I, I don't know. Yeah, anyway. you're gonna have did, to try Did you like did sure. you did you like that rendition, Nyla? Was that okay or? <laughs> I did very much. Yeah, I did very much. And I was actually crap. What are you talking about? <laughs> No, oh it was absolutely amazing. I could die a happy man. <laughs> well, don't be happy then. <laughs> yeah, well, 
you know, props to you for putting in all the years. So, you know, what can I say? It's been a long time, huh? Yeah, it's been a long, long time. Yeah. I'm glad you've been part of the journey with me from the very beginning. Yeah, well, before, you, know, you I knew you before you gotta the go, show. You got to go. No, wait a minute. I don't think that's the right turn. expression. <laughs> I don't know. After doing the show for three hours, when you got to go, you got to go. I remember one time I had, what was it, when Sapien was on the air. And it's like I had to go to the bathroom so bad. And I, I, it was so bad that finally I, on the air I was telling him, dude, I've got to pee. Can I go? You have to. Yeah, but one more thing he would say. And it's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, James. It was horrible. I'm so I feel so much closer yeah. to you all now that I've shared that. <laughs> well, I, I tell you what, it's, it, it can be a road warrior experience sometimes because you know when you're mm-hmm. live on air. I mean, most people have no idea how hard li- uh, hosting a show live can be. You know, so you know it's it's uh, not something for everybody, especially in you know. I mean, being a DJ, you know, you just interject you know about 15 to 30 seconds, you know, between songs if it's that much, unless you're doing a commercial. But most of the time, you know, they have you know, time to sit back, you know, but what what people like Nyla do when they actually comment on the other poets and, and something like that, you know, obviously it takes dedication and knowledge of the thing and paying attention, you know, but it's it, it, it's hard to come up with three or four hours of good content, you know, consistently for all these years. Mad respect. That's all I can say. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I well, yeah, I you, guys are, you guys are challenged. I just answer the phones. Yeah, yeah, before I give you too big of a head, I better back on out. But thank you for letting me spit my peas. I appreciate that. You come sweet talk Rest me anytime peace. you Best want. All right. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you say that. You know, but before before you hang it up, you got to promise me one of these days you're going to uh-huh. have me as a co-host. I would love that. I, I just have to know how to get a hold of you. Right, just hit me up on Facebook. I'm, I'm on, your, on your friends list. Just check me out out there. I know that. I know you're my friend. All right. <laughs> All right, then. Oh, I'll you, you be my friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yes. I, I All promise, right, then. I, I promise you, I'll, I'll throw in a lot of red herrings. You know, it'll, it'll make it. I'll make it fun for you. Anyway. It would be cool. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> Thanks, son. Uh, it's always good to hear from Constantine. All right, five oh six is our next caller. Five oh six, I believe. That's Lady A. Lady A, are yes. you with me? Yes, I am. How are you? I'm doing absolutely wonderful. The only other one it would have been was Andy, and Andy isn't around right now, so I knew it had to be you. Oh, thanks. Um, good to be here again, and uh, I won't uh, I won't uh, be too long-winded because I know you have others waiting. Um, I wrote a poem called The Love Language that I would like to share with you. Please. And it goes like this. I feel your love language in your touch. Fingers brush my face. They speak love for me to clutch. Fingertips to fingertips pass a fervor like lightning strikes. Bolts electric merge explode like lava bursts from volcano heights. I see your love language in your eyes. In the dark, you watch me slumber in the night. Unspoken words seen... When green meets blue, we speak I love you in colored hues. I hear your love language without words. Your quickened breath tells me you're thrilled. Moans float into my ears, drunk with desire are you. 
your voice mixed with love express our oneness too. I taste your love language on your lips, full and soft, tongues can't resist, suckle lower lips sweet, kiss me all through the night. Love transcends the spoken word, touch, sight, taste, sound, excites, and poem. I love that everything is, it's like everything's almost tangible. It is, but the essence of it isn't. The essence of it's tangible, but it, you know what I'm trying to say? I mean, it, that was, it was beautiful, beautifully written. The whole ambiance of that piece was incredible. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. You're very welcome. Very welcome. All right, tell everyone how they can find you, my love. You've been on hold a long time. Thank you for hanging out with us and, and waiting and, and being here and sharing that. It was awesome. Thank you. Thanks. I do have another one if you do have time, but if you don't, I understand. We're going to be going into overtime anyway, so if you've got another show, and that's fine. You know, we've got we've got 615 and 863 left to get on the air. So, you know, if you guys coming up want to read a couple, too, just go ahead. We'll hang out until you're done. Okay, well, I'll uh, read. This is a, a brief one. It's not... Uh, It's not too long, and it's called Red is the Color. Crimson comfort, like mulberry wine, table for two they dine. Scarlet spoke her southern drawl as her namesake during Civil War. She could have any bow desired alone. She's begun to tire. Ruby ring held to her heart. He gave his promise ne'er to part. No sooner had he placed the ring, he turned his back and fled poor thing. Apple cheeks, cherry blush, anxious. To the beach she rushes, grounded by the sand and sea her feet carry her aujourd'hui. Into the water cold in spring, naked save for her ruby ring. Icy liquid envelops the whole of her. She is one with the sea here. Peaceful, placid, poised in Poseidon's pitch and peaks of perfection. Beneath the aquatic world, began to rise, transforms to her surprise, seaweed, red ribbon stripes, excuse me, red seaweed ribbon strips wrap round her as a gown of silk. Auburn hair floats as a fan around her flawless face. She's so full of grace. Tis here her soul rejuvenates, gains comfort and strength. Perhaps she'll stay beneath the surface, the ocean's secret place. And you abs you play a lot, and I, I think it's naturally the way that you think. I don't think that you have to work very hard to write this way, but the way that you use rolling sound rhymes throughout your poems, you know, where like, uh, and forgive me if I don't say it right, but I tried to grab one to use as an example because I think it, I just, I, me personally, I love the way it sounds. I love listening to it. I love the play of it. The all of it was was something like floats um, floats around her fan of face or something like that. But Auburn the using that as a fan around her flawless face, she's so full of grace. Yeah. So I mean, not just the, the using the F the, the F sound throughout that entire thing, but also the rhyme. Mm-hmm. You know, line rhyme, yes. Yeah, and face in there, and it just—it's just—it was be- it's beautiful. 
You know, it Thanks. it would be hard to write that way. It would be really hard to intentionally sit down and try to write that way. Your brain has to work like that for it to flow. flow. So if somebody would sit there and say, okay, I'm going to intentionally write this sentence that doesn't naturally think that way, I think it would be very difficult for them, but I don't think it's difficult for you at all. No, it just it does. It flows out. It, it certainly does, and uh, um, and I'm thankful for that. It's uh, I feel uh, you know I'll write a piece down, and I, if I stumble a little bit on writing, I'll just kind of walk away from it for a few minutes and come back. But for the most part, I do very little editing of my poems, very little, and um, um, and when it, you know like people talk about. Um, writer's block and that sort of thing. Um, if I can't write, if if it's not there, it's not there, and I don't fight it. I just sit down and at the time when it's when I'm ready, and um, and it does. It flows. It flows out of me like it, I can see the words, you know, dancing in my brain, and then it just falls out of me, and I'm, and then I write a piece, and I'm I'm so grateful to be able to do that. Well, it was it was a pleasure to hear, as all your pieces are. I'm so glad that you are carving your own little own little space in this family, and 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 are are becoming a permanent fixture. And you know, just I'm I'm really tickled having you here with us. Thank I'm you so very say. much. I appreciate it. Appreciate you. Uh, is is awesome to have you here. I know that you know I've had people mention that too that they've really enjoyed your pieces. So oh you know, nice, it's, it's great. It's, nice. it's really nice. All right, darling, tell everyone how to find you. Um, you can find me at um, allpoetry.com uh, under the uh, um, group a team of voices, and on Facebook as uh, Andrea Wheaton. Perfect. All right, sweetheart. We will talk to you next week, okay? Yes, so much. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Our next caller, 615, you are on the air. Maybe. 615, are you with me? I have never been on overtime with you. Hi, Nyla. It's Clarence. (laughs) You were on earlier. Where did you go? Well... I had to take care of some business at the job with the old lady with the thermostat. It's too cold. It's too hot. Oh, I love that you take care of old ladies. Yes. It's what I do. (laughs) That would be a panty dropper thing if I was a younger girl. Well, he takes care of old ladies. I'm taking you home to mother. (laughs) So you can take care of the old bat. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that in my out loud voice? Wow. Wow. Okay, let's not not me get started on my mommy issues. It's good to hear from you, babe. I'm glad you were able to call back in. Yes. Well, I'm here. And I have something for you. And I'm hoping this will work right here. Okay. And it's called a recap of the 2020 hostage crisis that's still going on. I'm stuck here at a Walmart 
located next to a law firm. National emergency thinking maybe I deserve these tanks circling. This large congregation of people like it's church here. This is not an assembly of believers in line getting pandemic treatments. I'm standing next to this freezer of sausages, wondering why the past two presidents treats us like hostages. No toilet paper as most of the shelves are bare. We throw elbows as hellos like the Lakers and the Celtics. I saw a man rip open a wrapper, and he started eating raw shellfish. I asked him, why are you doing this? He said he couldn't help it. Another mother went to sleep using luggage as pillows and mattresses. She woke up alarmed by fire alarms hearing sex from bathrooms. Then all of a sudden a riot broke out, which I thought was peculiar. I got approached by someone who resembled Gabrielle Union. Palms up, saying, give me your loot and don't make me have to shoot you. In my mind, I wanted to deliver her from evil and bring it on, but I will never abuse a girl. What was in her wallet was a Capital One offense. Picture of my wife, my kids, my nephews, and 71 cents. My visa was acting like it caught emphysema. When I tried to purchase items with other people, the machines went down. Internet not working. We're all trapped in this web. Hearing lies on high-definition TV spewed by the government. Who knew about this viral strain well in advance? As I walk, I hear some coughs, and I ran toward the cough lozenges. Then I thought about this candy-flavored medicine, turned around and said no. Having Tina Marie in my mind saying deja vu, I've been here before. Hearing confused, skewed information from the Center for Disease Control. They never got rid of what's going on, and now a lady near the jewels humming, who will save your soul? Another another aisle, an old man is reading the Bible like it's a refresher course about the tribulation and the days in Revelation as teenagers make statements breaking cases to take the latest Xbox and Playstations to make a name for themselves as undisputed like Lil Wayne, but they babies kids. I'm ashamed of them. Yet I'll keep them in prayer, along with these precious babies drinking baby formula near the carnations around massive carnage and other devastation. So don't tell me these divided states didn't make this a FEMA camp for the agenda to depopulate us. And this place here has technology to recognize our faces and use it to their advantage where they refuse mandatory vaccinations. Don't be fascinated when world powers label us enemies of the state and mask us as Batman saying we'll terrorize y'all's neighborhood. No weapon formed against us shall prosper in that gospel. Oh snap. It's getting kind of hectic and the government acts like they've got the power operating on electricity, riding in the night, which has me curious how they got us parking like it's on the dance floor under the midnight stars worrying. Now we're on this intermission tip, knocking boots, watching this commercial break. The Purge DVD is $5, but it's here placed surgically. I want to go home, but I'm stuck here, observing scenes. So there must be a purpose why God has me here in this servant stance circumstance. And y'all will be there, up and over, in the midst of my camouflage fear. So I need to die empty. That's why I'm writing this epiphany while I do some research all damn day to prevent my love from fading to black. As my mic drips 
to liquidity, knowing eternal freedom rests in my hands. And that's my end piece. <laughs> Fantastic job on that, sweetheart. Thank you. True story. Still going on. <laughs> you know, stranger than fiction, right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> life is life is our best source. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, my sweet. Are you going to read a second one? Yeah, I can. Mm-hmm. This piece is called Fear Factor. For God didn't give us a spirit of fear. He gave us love, power, and a sound mind. So I need to build up my most holy faith in these last days and trying times. Someone's trying to force my hands, but I don't alternate conversations when my rights just left. I know that blessed are the poor. Blessed are those who are persecuted for truth spit. About the Ruach, the Holy Spirit, undefeated and still undisputed. I'm surrounded by locusts and roaches who cast their votes for someone who evokes this division and separation since placing people of color in jail for nickel bags of paraphernalia. Thirty years later, he said, people are trying his patience. When just nine months into impregnation at his inauguration, he promised to reunite the nation. Two-faced man blaming a percentage who's saying nay to the jab that was made too fast. And we're facing being replaced for our refusal by the order of the new world. Because if we don't, we'll lose our jobs. The Lord is my strength. What can man do to me? He says, don't be anxious, but my flesh keeps losing sleep. A man says, forget your freedom, your rights, your personal choice. Even if those papers in 1776 didn't think of me, I still have a voice. Blessed are the persecuted, for they will get eternal life. I will follow my God through the fire because obedience is better than sacrifice, so roll the dice. Taking your chance, blocking out my stanzas, like this is a romance for you. I've got the spirit of discernment walking through your furnace without a burn on me. Like I'm Shadrach, Meshach, and that bad Negro, Abednego. Let me let you know this is a precursor and I won't take the mark. I'll be Ronald Isley of the Isley Brothers sipping iced tea. Hearing your footsteps in the dark. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And I'll be like Philadelphia 76ers Ben Simmons, and I won't take the shot close. And I just went beast mode like a Loch Ness monster. Call me Johnny Paycheck. Take this job and shove it up your matrix. Now, if you don't hear from me anymore, like I'm gone to November with no time for political sections during the hazy shade of winter, I'm enduring tribulation, being strengthened every day through separation. On this narrow road I'm pacing, guided by my creator, the originator, that'll terminate fools. And I'll leave being caught up in the rapture for Blondie and Anita Baker. The meek shall inherit the earth. And I'm tired of being Barney Fife on this mic. The world lives by morals and dogmas from Albert Pike, but I choose to walk by faith, not by sight. I thank you, friends, for taking in this message. And for those trying to censor this, you serve Nebuchadnezzar. But I forgive you all 
because my Lord is my shepherd. I love you, all my friends, my family, and my enemies. In peace. You know, I really love the way that you take, take, um, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Come on, I should be able to think of a word. I'm a writer, right? <laughs> Where you take familiar culture to deliver your message, making it relatable to us, making it, you know, things that, um, pull us in and make it familiar. You know, I think I've said that to you before, but it's just, it's really cool the way you do that. Thank you, Nyla. This is also a true story. It's what I'm going through. And we'll see what happens in a month. Let's put it like that. Everything's going to be just fine. Oh, yeah. Thank you for right, that confirmation. Love. You're very welcome. Where you know, my, when I was little, me? someone always said, you only pray for something once. If you have to pray for it more than twice, it means you don't believe God heard you the first time. Ah. So trust in your prayer. Yep. I will do yep. that. So where can they find me? They can find me turning up the old lady's thermostat again in about 30 minutes. But other than that, <laughs> other than that, they will find me on Facebook backslash Clarence Ferguson Jr. or my public group, the letter C, the word double, the number thirty-four, music and friends. Perfect. All right, sweetheart. We'll talk to you next week. Yes, you will. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank much. you, hon. All right. Bye bye. Let's go ahead and grab Noreen, our last caller of the evening. Hello, okay. sweetheart. Um, hello, Nyla. Okay, and um, okay. Oh, before I be- forget, um, um, you know, I posted about Craig Joe on your page, mm-hmm. and he wrote on there um while ago earlier. He wanted me to tell you, will you be ready to to be interviewed Sunday on his show? Um, Sunday. I will be yes. out in the middle of God knows where in the desert in eastern Oregon pounding on rocks looking for fossils. Okay. I'm going to be gone for two weeks. Okay. Okay. Okay, I'll let so him know. So that would be probably be a no. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. 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 He'd probably come get you some other time then. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, um... I I got a poem um, of Gary's. Oh, okay. thank you. Okay, you're welcome. It's called Money Has Spoiled. Money has spoiled everything but poetry. We all need truth. The value of our words is worth more than our money. We can't let our freedom of speech and personal feelings be destroyed and distorted by the influence of profit. The truth must be told about our past in order to use these truths to help guide the future of mankind on this earth. The end. That was phenomenal. Yes, it is. And yours? Um, I got got too scared to read mine anymore. I don't even read my poetry on, 
on 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 the Facebook live anymore. I, I just got too scared. Scared of what? Because the more I hear everybody else's poetry, and the more I'm just too scared to read mine because it feels like I am so low. They do better than I am. Every all the other poets and I Noreen, can never. Miss yes. Noreen, you go get a poem. One of your poems. I absolutely love your writing. You go get a poem and read it to me right now. That is absolutely, okay. I put my foot down. That is absolutely not going to happen. You are a phenomenal writer. You have so much to say, and okay. so many people love and admire you. Uh-uh. We need you. Okay. I almost, um, can I get one of my notebooks out? Um, yes, ma'am. I'm sorry if I sound harsh, but I am not letting you go down that road. You are too important to all of us. You are, you are like, you have no idea. There is no reason for you to ever worry about your writing. You write. No one else can write the what you write, Noreen. No one else in the world can think of the things that you say or write or feel. The way that you write about your love for Gary, the way you write about yes. life, you're phenomenal. Well, thank you. And you um, are not going to be silenced. I almost gave up Facebook Live and should do. Um, I almost gave that up, but my cousins. When I said this is going to be my last show, I'm somebody wants me to keep doing it. And my cousin said, no, please, we're begging you, please don't stop. Don't quit. We want to hear you read. We love hearing you read. So because of them, I kept on the Facebook Live. So, um, Noreen, seriously, yes, sir. S- slow down and take a breath. Okay. We're going to talk for a minute before you read, Okay. Okay. Do you realize how long you've been here with us and part of this family? How long you've been with this community of people? How many times have you heard people talk about you and Gary who have come to you and told you what you guys mean to them? You know, there's there's no way. I don't know what put that seed of thought in your head. I don't know what would make you feel that way or ever doubt yourself. But don't. You are a smart, amazing, talented woman and there are so many people who look up to you and Gary looking down on you you know if you if you're quiet if you if you become silent it it would absolutely break his heart you cannot do that to him you cannot do that to us I will fight to the nail I will fight the world if they try to silent you silence you and I will fight you if you try to silence you it's not going to happen we need you Okay. And I'm saying this in front of the whole world, Noreen. Okay. We love you, and you are good enough to stand next to anybody because there is only one you. No one can do what you do. No one can write the words you put on paper but you. Yes. So, so I'm hosting the 100,000 Poets for Change um, um, instead of having Facebook Live, I have been having hundred thousand poets for change on on the the uh, poetry club. So I should go ahead and write a poem for that and read it, because I wasn't going to. But you think I should? I think you have to. Okay. It's who you are. You can't deny who you are. No. You love the world through your words. Please don't stop. We need you. Okay. We okay. Need you. Okay. Th- thank you. I feel better now. Thank you. 
I mean it. You ever feel that way again, you call me. And I'll fight the world tooth and nail to make whatever it was that made you feel that way go away. Okay. 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 Um. Um, um, I'll get, um, I'll read from my, um, my book, um, okay, um, okay, the, the, um, Statue of Liberty. Okay. Okay. Once upon a time, I stood for the, for land of the, wait, let me start over, the Statue of Liberty. Once upon a time, I stood for land of the free and land of opportunity for all, but no longer. I was so proud of America to be their symbol, but no more. They kept eating away at me, slowly taking away Americans' rights until their freedoms had been scorched. No more land of opportunity for all. They have stripped that way, too. Oh, my God, they're killing us, slowly but surely. What is going on? This country is no longer America as I remembered it a long, long ago. Greed and power has gone to their heads. It has destroyed this country. Oh, no, please help me. Stop killing me and this country before it's too late. But it is. You have killed me and my spirit with your cold-heartedness, greed, power, and money. Now I'm done. I have fallen apart. My head has gone to the ground. No longer am I your Statue of Liberty, land of the free, and land of opportunity, for I am dead, deceased, gone forever, unless you can erect me back to life by the grace of God. The end. Wow, see? Mm-hmm. That was incredible, Noreen. Well, thank you. Think about what you're talking about that in that poem. Think about the message you're sharing. Think yes. about how important that is. Have you ever heard that poem before you wrote it? No. So that would not exist without you. That's true. That message would not be out there without you. Because I got, Never. I got that. I was inspired by your photo on on your um on your pay on your Facebook page with the, the Statue of Liberty head on the ground. Then broken. you just keep looking at all the stuff on my page, then. Okay. Girl. Okay. I don't know what this doubting yourself bullshit was, but that's not going to happen. I'm so proud of you. Okay. Cause I, I am didn't so proud like of you. Thank double. you. Okay, you're welcome. And I've been feeling like that for a long time. Like I've been holding it in, and and I was just, I even stopped re- re- reading my own poetry on Facebook Live. Now I think I will read it this Saturday. So thank you for your encouragement. I'm hoping I don't feel this way again. Baby, raise your voice loud and proud. You have no idea. I wish I wish that I had a way to show you how much you have impacted this community, how you have touched lives, you and Gary both, and what you mean to everybody. You have no clue, do you? No. I I know what people tell me, 
Then trust no. them and believe in them. They've got no reason to lie to you. No, they they don't. No. You, you can't doubt yourself. You're just sad, and it's okay. You can be sad. But you're still strong. Yes. And you're still Mrs. Gary. Yes, I am. And he's proud of you. And he loved your writing. He loved yes. everything that you wrote. He supported you and loved you. I mean, I can yes. hear his voice when you would read. He's always so proud of you. Always he's proud of you. And we're yes. proud of you. And we need you. The world needs you. Don't ever doubt yourself again. And if you do, it's okay. okay. We all get that place. And don't beat yourself up. But just call me and say, Nyla, I need a dose of whatever that was. That I just did. <laughs> okay. No, no, you cannot be quiet ever. I mean, you can do what you want, but you can't do that. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Th- thank you. Thank you. I needed that. Thank you. That really helped. You're very welcome. My goodness. Okay. Um, can I be one more? Or, yes, of course. Okay. Um, this was one, um, oh, I wrote this, um, okay, two years ago. And, um, okay, this is called A Letter from Heaven. Um, okay. This is in, like, um, oh, I wrote this in, like, in Gary's point of view. I keep re- writing to me, telling me. Okay. I got to read this more often. I forgot about this poem. Okay. Oh, my sweetheart, I love you so very much. I didn't want to leave you, but I was getting older and too many aches and pain. I hope you never have to endure. I tried to hold on for us, you and I, but I couldn't. God said my time is finished here on earth. Now it's my time to go with him. God said he will watch over you, and I'll be by your side too. When you feel that spatial cool breeze brushing against you. You know what I mean. I just can't describe it. Anyway, you'll know you will know it's me. I know you're hurting your heart is broken. I wish I could ease your pain and mend your broken heart, but I can't. Only God can do that. Don't ever give up, my love. Keep on living for the two of us, you and I. I believe in you. I always have. I know it won't be easy to continue on without me, but remember, I'll always be with you in my spirit and in your heart. Oh, I love you, my sweetheart, forever and more. I wish I could wipe away your tears from your face. Do me a favor. Keep on writing poetry. Don't ever quit. I know you want to keep me alive. Writing poetry is how you can keep me alive. Remember this, honey. I am every love poem you've read. I am every love song you've heard. I am every romantic picture you've seen. And remember all the good memories we had together. And most important of all, I love you, my teddy bear darling, forever and more. Filled with my love, hugs, and kisses. The end. I forgot all about this one. So do you remember? I think that it was meant for you to find that piece. Did you? Are you listening to your own words there? Yes. Keep writing I said, poetry. Don't ever give up. 
keep on writing poetry. See, things happen for a reason. There's a reason you called in tonight. There's a reason you found that poem. Yes. That's divine intervention if I've ever seen it. Wow. Well, I wrote that April 29th, 2019. Wow. You're amazing, Noreen. Yes. You really are. You are amazing. Well, thank you. You are very welcome. You are loved by so many. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And tell wow. those so many how they can come show you some more love. Okay. Um, you can find me on, um, um, okay, wait. You can find Gary and I. You can find our books on um, on Amazon.com. Our books are The Hour of Truth, Reflections of Our Inner Beings, now and forever, our love and other love poems, and two hearts in one. And then, then you can um, find our website um, on um, our, our official website on um, okay, um, Gary and Noreen Snyder dot wix dot com front slash poetry. And then you can find Gary on um, ReverbNation dot com on um, Facebook.com and um, PoetryPoem.com. And he's also Googleable and Googleable. Okay, and then you can find me on um, um, Facebook.com, ReverbNation.com, PoetryPoem.com. And then you can find us on um, K-O-Mark-F-I, dot com front slash Gary and Noreen. Okay. And then you can find us on um okay. On Instagram on uh, under um uh Gary and Noreen. And then you can find us on um okay on um uh, um on on the Poetry Club and I have Facebook Live every Saturday night. And a week from, not not this Saturday, but next Saturday, instead of Facebook Live, is going to be um, the 100,000 Poets for Change. I'm hosting it, and then I got um, Max Lynette, the poetess. She's going to um, um, co-host with me. That's amazing. Yes. So remember what I said, no negative thoughts. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a story with okay. you real quick. Is that okay? Yes. And you may have heard me tell this story before, but you said that you've been feeling this way for a while. Yes. And that means that you've had this little voice in your head just yapping away at you. And yes. it finally wore you down. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. right. So one day, this has been quite a few years ago, I was living in this little apartment and I was doing my house cleaning and it was my day off, right? right. And I made myself a cup of coffee and... Then I went to do something, and then I went to get my cup of coffee, and I couldn't find it. I had no clue where I set it down. I looked everywhere. I went all the way up to the laundry room. I looked everywhere, and I couldn't find the coffee. And it's just like, where in the hell did I put that coffee? Well, I finally, hours later, decided, oh, I'm just going to make myself another cup of coffee because I don't know where in the hell I put that cup of coffee. I went to open, and by that, the, by then, the you know, the coffee was cold. So I went to open the microwave to heat up my coffee, and there was my cup of coffee. 
finished my wow. first cup of coffee. It had been in the microwave sitting there the entire time. Wow. And I saw it there, and I looked at it, and I said, you stupid fucking bitch. Your coffee's been there. You are so dumb. And I instantly, as soon as I said that, something inside me recoiled. I mean, I literally said that in my head, and there's potty words, I know, but that's what I said. Yeah. My my inner voice was kind of a bitch. And mm-hmm. as soon as I said that, I, I, it was like a huge slap in the face, and I got pissed, and it's like, what? You know, I am the one person on this earth that I should be the safest with. I'm the one person on this earth that should love me no matter what, unconditionally, and yeah. accept me for who, my, who I am, right? And here I was, the one person that's supposed to love me the most, beating me up like that. And I was letting it, and I was listening to it. And over the next week, I realized once I heard it, it was like it, it had been this silent voice for so long. But I heard it yeah. that day. I heard it out loud. And once I heard it out loud, it's like I couldn't shut it up anymore. I heard it everywhere. Every time I did something, I heard that little voice in my head putting me down, saying something, you know. Mm-hmm. And I got mad. I got so mad, I started yelling back. Out loud. It would say something to me, and I would tell it, shut up. I ain't listening to you. You don't have to, you can't tell me what to do. You're not the boss of me. I literally, out loud, opened my mouth, walked around my apartment, wherever I was, when, whenever I heard that negative thought in my head, I would yell at it. I would laugh at it until it was dumb. You don't know what you're talking about. You're just dumb. You know? I'm not listening to you anymore. You don't have any power over me. And when I started doing that, I can honestly tell you that it's been years and years and years since that voice in my head ever had any power over me. It's not like it doesn't try once in a while. It'll try to sneak in. I just flick it away like a fly because it has no power. When that negative voice inside your head starts, I want you to yell at it for me. I want you to tell it that it can't talk to you that way. Do it out loud. Say it out loud. Write out loud. Say, I don't got time for you. I ain't listening to you. Don't give it that power. Whatever it is inside you that's trying to gnaw away at you like that, it will only do it if you let it. And so when it tries, remember, you are the one person that no matter what else in the world should be the safest with. And if you're not, then tell it to shut up because you deserve that. Yes. Okay? Okay. I'll All right, do I'm that. Done, I'm, done, I'm done preaching now. Sorry. Okay. That's okay. You are a warrior. You are strong. You are so much stronger than you know. Look what you've been through, girl. Jesus, yes. you are so strong. Yes. So don't let don't let some little wimpy voice on your shoulder sneak in on you like that. Tell it to shut the heck up. And if it doesn't, come get me, because I will. Okay. 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 All right. I love you, Noreen. Okay. I love you too, Nyla. Okay. Feel better. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. Thank you. That helped out a lot. Thank you very much. You're I very welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Well, we need you, and I'm glad you read tonight. Okay, thank you. I'm glad I read now. Okay, thank you. I'm glad I opened (laughs) up. You're welcome. Me too. I'm glad you told me. I'm glad you told me. Okay, because the reason I called in, because I noticed Craig sent me a message. um, I said, oh, send me a message out there on on your page to, to tell you, so I knew I had to call in to tell you, but I wasn't planning on reading mine to Gary's. 
So um, that's why I called in to let you know about what what Craig said. Because I feel I'll feel guilty if I don't get hold of you before Sunday to, to <laughs> let you know. Yeah, I I am so sorry, but I, this is my, the only trip I'm going to be able to make this year. Every every the whole year has just been structured for me, and okay. so I'm finally just going. I, if I don't go now, I won't go. It'll be too late in the year, and okay. so I'm doing I'm doing it as I need my I need my my playing with dead things time. <laughs> okay. I even okay. had a T-shirt made like that. I designed a T-shirt because I play with dead things. <laughs> wow. <so> cute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it has a picture of a dinosaur's head on it, so it's kind of self-explanatory. You know, someone. Yes. You know, so yes. hopefully someone will understand. They just won't think I'm running around playing with dead things. But yes. you know, yes. <laughs> people would understand. I'm good. All right, baby girl. I love you. Okay. It was good talking okay. to you. And go do something to nice to your, for yourself. Go make yourself something sweet that you shouldn't eat. Go make go go dance. Put on a pretty dress and dance around your front room. Do something right now to make yourself happy. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Take this victory. You earned it. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome, honey. Okay. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Absolutely love Noreen. All right, you guys. And that, that same advice goes to all of you. Nothing in this world ever has the right to steal your voice. Nothing in this world ever has the right to shut you up. And you are not in competition with anyone else. You, you are not judged against anyone else. You are your own voice. And it's an important voice. You know, uh, without getting into a lot of the stuff from my past, you know, I will tell you that I know what it's like to be shut down, to have your voice taken away, to not be able to speak without a script. From early childhood, like my parents. You hear me talk about my mom all the time. You know, I literally used to sit in the woods below my house and practice talking normal so that my parents would not laugh at me. And my sisters would not laugh at me, and they would not make fun of me. I used to try to sit down there and try practicing talking like my sisters talked. I can give you a thousand examples like that. Of times in my life where I was shushed. Shush, shush, be quiet. And it's one of the hugest reasons that I am so passionate about this show why I've kept doing this all these years. Because for a lot of you, think about think about James, Fuzzy Herman in the Woods, one sapien. For a long, long time, this was the only place he had a voice. And it's the same thing for a lot of you. It's just, I will never let the world shush anyone none of you I won't let it steal your voice you guys are amazing and you guys are important all of you all right I'm gonna go it's been an awesome night yay (laughs) oh sorry okay I'm all right all right I'm good breathe all right so as you know next week I will not be here Christopher will be here 
and the following week after that, we are going to be doing a couple workshops back-to-back. One of them is going to be with Philip Kent Church, our beloved Philip Kent Church, doing a, I believe he did it on sonnets. Um, We're going to be doing one with Sage Cohen, writing a life poetic. Amazing woman, amazing, talented, beautiful woman. I love her. And then I will be back with you the following week. So, be good. Christopher next week, support him, call in, make sure that, uh, you know, you, 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 can see, you know, he hasn't been doing this as long as me. His biggest fear is going to be dead air. <laughs> so, come take care of him. Make sure that he's good while I'm gone, please. And then, make sure you do the workshop. It will absolutely change your writing. It's amazing. And I guess that's it. We will see you guys soon. I'll start saying next week. Well, I won't see you next week. Think of me out there along with the coyotes and rattlesnakes and bobcats and dead things. I am going to close the show with a piece. Which one? Which one? You'd think I'd had enough time to pull it up. And I did, but I accidentally closed the window. Can you guys tell I'm getting tired? Yeah. Those emotional outbreaks just really take it out of me. <laughs> we are going to close the show, not with Edgar Allan Poe, that's next month. Let's do Guinevere once again. Here you go. We'll talk to you next week. Good night, everybody. No, I won't talk to you next week. But good night, it's all the same.